0: Welcome in to episode number seventy-two of the SoCo Show. It's an Octiversary episode. Oh my god. This,
1: That's awesome, bud.
0: This <laughs> is SpongeCo Square Beans <laughs> oh, Bend, that. Oregon. <laughs> I am joined, as always, from eastern Iowa by Seth Ott. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's awesome, <laughs> Uh
0: We got a fun, fun episode uh, this week. A lot of kind of big news. Not a lot of topics, but some deep ones. Uh, we had the Game Awards Gross. coming out. A couple of uh, couple of um, uh, major announcements. We had the Golden Globes nomination, so we'll talk about some of those. Um, a trailer for a, a little movie you might have heard about came out over the weekend and set some records. We'll talk about that one. Uh, and a couple of reviews. Seth got to the movie's over the weekend so a lot of fun stuff to talk about uh we're a little bit light on the news not a lot of topic we are recording a bit early uh your boys got to travel for work this week so had to adjust the schedule but um but uh, still plenty of, watch- of show
1: and i got a lot of tv to watch so
0: <laughs> yeah you're getting backed up man you got to catch up
1: i'm actually i'm getting towards it i, I got i got a show done um part, uh, about a quarter of the way through mrs mazel god that show is so good
0: yeah i gotta get i saw a commercial for that during the football game and uh i'm gonna have to watch that one that looks pretty. oh fun. it's great did uh i don't know if you saw i, I had an instagram photo I uh, got my christmas tree up
1: i did not see that i don't have instagram never had it
0: oh that's right i forgot about that maybe i'll send you the photo and you would post it on the uh, well i'll post it on my twitter at underscore cody michaels so y'all can check it out on the tweets i got uh i got a star wars themed christmas tree
1: <laughs> is that the only reason you got one
0: uh yeah pretty much like (laughs) i was like if i'm gonna get a christmas tree it's gonna it's gonna be like the codiest christmas tree ever and uh so i got a star wars one and it's got all the characters on it and the top of it is a santa hat that has yoda ears coming out of it which was an incredible find so i'm pretty happy with with my christmas tree pretty psyched about that
1: um if it's the codiest christmas tree ever doesn't it need to have spongebob and spider-man on it too
0: Um, I do have a Spider-Man stocking, so (laughs) I I should probably get something Spongebob to put up uh, to be festive, but right now, Star Wars and Spider-Man are both represented in my living room. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's it.
2: (laughs) Nice. Nice. Nice.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. That's actually, of all... Of all the years we've I've been saying stupid shit to you, we just finally got to you going, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's great. What's going on, uh what's going on back out in the Midwest? Anything anything exciting?
1: No, just the fun cold and the beautiful grey grass on the ground. Oh, you know. It's it's Love been gray beautiful. grass. Yeah, it's beautiful. No, just uh scene just the usual scene, bunch of movies uh watching the television nothing else too exciting
0: kind of a big movie week this weekend probably got a few things on your list i know we got uh spider bands coming out really excited to see that one are you getting that one this weekend
1: yeah we'll be seeing that one that's a big release
0: i'm psyched for that i'm gonna try to get to it thursday night but if i don't it'll be this weekend but that and a whole myriad of other shits going on um I know. Uh, we'll uh, take the, take a second here to talk about uh, talk about our good buddy on the YouTube's at Jared Buckendahl. Jared got two early screenings of Bumblebee and Spider Man. I think it was those two mm-hmm. over the last weekend. So he's got reviews for both those up already. So make sure you hit him up on the YouTube at Jared Buckendahl so you can see his reviews before you go see those in theaters. Um, sounds like uh, Bumblebee kind of a surprise, which which yeah. is something I was I was anticipating. i, I I've, I've been excited for this movie actually so uh and, and Jared seems to like it so I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely get to that one
1: I I have I mean I think it's still at 100% Rotten Tomatoes uh for Bumblebee I think Spider-Man just dropped to 99 but um Bumblebee is 100% and I still have no interest in seeing it whatsoever <laughs> I just I, I don't care about Transformers and I, I it's one of the the Transformers 2 is one of the only movies I've ever shot off in the middle. Um i just couldn't i couldn't do it and yeah it looks fine i like the cast of course john cena's in it and uh Haley, Haley stanfield but and i like her a lot but i just uh it's not not in my wheelhouse it's not my bag so i probably will skip <laughs> that one
0: well uh i'll be seeing it and I, i'm willing to bet that i'll be able to review that one in about 10 seconds so uh, very excited to see if <laughs> that one doesn't actually come out Done. for a couple of weeks <laughs> Just uh, that one doesn't come out for a couple weeks yet. So uh, in the meantime, you're going to have to go over to the YouTubes at Jared Buckendall and see his review of that one.
1: You know, what's weird is we live in a world right now where the same. So that same week, Mary Poppins comes out mm -hmm. and we live in a world right now where I'm way more excited to see Mary Poppins. I'm actually legitimately excited to see Mary Poppins, (laughs) but (laughs) we live in a world where I'm more excited to see that than Bumblebee.
0: That is actually I'm. I'm amazed by that, actually. What yeah. I I guess I think it's more that you're not excited for Bumblebee. I, it, I guess that, that doesn't surprise me. Um, but your excitement for Mary Poppins, which I'm not sure if you're aware of this, is a musical, so
1: I know. It just looks charming. <laughs> and uh Emily Blunt is I mean, she's awesome. So she uh what, what can she do?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know she can get it. <laughs> uh I'm I hope that you go when you love it because you you need a good gateway into the the happy and fun world of musicals and maybe maybe this will be it so i'm, I'm hopeful
1: probably not but this one will pro- <laughs> mary poppins will probably be awesome um but i will not be watching many
0: more musicals <laughs> oh my gosh well good stuff uh and we'll get to it all but first to start the show like we always do we got to get some sheet tweets i call you a punk <laughs>
1: Iron Sheik. so Iron Sheik, he, you know, he's a big fan of the music. He's got a lot of opinions about music, and uh, you know, his Rob Thomas, and uh, he talked about how he loves, uh, he loves uh, Queen too. He's got a new musical obsession, and that would be uh, Ariana Grande. And oh, uh, so Iron Chic uh, kindly tweets, "Thank you, next, and go fuck yourself." <laughs>
0: Oh, Sheiky. You know, can you just picture the chic wearing some headphones and just, like, getting really charged up about some Ariana Grande?
1: <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Next.
1: And go fuck yourself.
0: You know what's funny is I have not listened to that song. It's, no. like, the biggest thing in the world right now. I haven't listened to it.
1: I just heard it this morning uh, in its entirety on the radio on the way to work. But, um, yeah, it's a song. I, I prefer some of her other songs, but it's a song.
0: Huh. Well, there you go. Uh, official music review of Ariana Grande. Yeah. Thank you, next, from Seth. It's a song. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the sheik says, go fuck yourself. I call you a punk. Don't forget, folks, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get your first 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Awesome stuff. Actually, I got a recommendation from Mike over the last week. Um, he, of course, is our audiobook guru, always hitting us with the good recommendations. Let me tell that you what good? he. good, good. So we talked a while back about um, some adaptations we would like to see as part of Mambo Number Five, and I don't know if you remember this. I mentioned the egg, which is where that guy keeps being reborn as everybody else,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and how I would like to see that as a show. Apparently, there's a book that is that expands upon that idea. And gets more, basically explores that idea a little bit more. And it's called The First 15 Lives of Harry August. And I haven't started it yet, um, but I did pick it up on Audible on Mike's recommendation. So if that sounded like an interesting idea to you, check that one out. The First 15 Lives of Harry August. Um, (laughs) Harry August uh,
1: sounds like a male porn star.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Harry August sounds like... (laughs) Harry August sounds like if you didn't shave for an entire month.
1: I always have a Hairy August.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, regardless of how hairy your stuff is, um, <laughs> check out the first 15 lives of Harry August on the recommendation of our audiobook guru, Mike V. And you can get that on audibletrial.com SoCo for free.
1: I can't not hear Harry, Harry August" without laughing. It's the dumbest name. Oh my gosh!
0: His uh, his buddy's name is Chubby March. <laughs>
1: oh my god!
0: It's it's a it's a good stuff. Um, but I'm gonna nip that joke in the bud because we could go on for hours about it. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, let's I'm jump forward in into brain. some news. And we're going to start with video games.
2: Video games.
0: Whoa. So before we before we jump into all the Games Awards stuff, um, I beat Spider-Man last week. So the citizens of New York can relax because um, Dr. Octopus isn't going to be bothering them for a while. And I will just say uh, Spider-Man's story is fantastic. Uh, love the way it wraps up. Uh, very well done game. And uh, I'm in the high 90s on my completion percentage too, so... Uh, looking forward to getting that DLC, and I'll review it for the show. Um, but what I picked up after I finished Spider-Man was the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, and it is fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> it's it, kind of like you were saying with Spyro. It's just different enough to feel like you're playing a new game, mm-hmm. but you also get the fun nostalgia. And, like, I still remember all the secret shit in Crash, which is so mm-hmm. fun to go back to um, with the updated you know, um, updated graphics and sound and all of that stuff. So it's really fun. Like I, we were both the kind of opponents of this idea at one point, but I think we both come around to the fact that it's just fun. I mean, it's just cool, fun to stuff to go back to those old games.
1: Have you found, um, I, I don't know how much you've played, but have you found it be any, being any more challenging or as challenging as it was, or do you find it being easier?
0: So some parts of it are easier because I was like six when I played Mm -hmm. it and I just didn't have the hands to do it. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, um, playing, now the original Crash Bandicoot, which I'm playing through right now, um, came out at a time when there weren't joysticks. And now that there are joysticks, they don't really help because the game is very grid-like. You wanna go over and then up. And if if you cut a corner, it can throw you out of alignment with the level and you can like mm. miss jumps and shit. And so the, the the joystick is kind of a detriment. So that's taken some getting used to. But other than that, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's easier. The, it's not a difficult game. Uh, it's a yeah. lot of basic platforming and jumping and there's the occasional tricky, you know, spin move or something. What's fun about it though is the challenge parts, like getting all the boxes without dying and doing the time trial speed <laughs> runs. Th- those have given me the challenge Part that I kind of need, but more than anything, it's just fun to just kind of walk through it and and just enjoy that game again. Which, by the way, Crash Bandicoot doesn't make any fucking sense at all. It's just complete <laughs> batshit. They don't give you any context for anything, and it's just, it's totally it's totally wacky. But it's it's fun. It's so super fun, like mechanically, just to, just to go through.
1: Yeah, I've kind of found it with playing Spyro that most of it is easier um, with because of the joysticks. Because like the first Spyro, I can't remember. I think. It was just around the time when they had the dual shock. Well, maybe the first Spyro wasn't. I think maybe it was the second Spyro. Because the first Spyro, you couldn't control the camera. It would just follow you. And so that made jumping and stuff really, really difficult. Um, and it's also just easier, the nature of Spyro, to use the joystick to move. I think starting the second one, that's when you have the dual shock, Because that's when you have the active or passive camera mode. Um, But I've definitely found at least the first spiral way easier and so far the second one uh, a lot easier too. Um, And then you're talking about like the game uh, doesn't make any sense. The first spiral really didn't make a ton of sense. It was just like nasty Nork threw uh, magic and like froze all the dragons and like that was the whole game and they didn't like other like even the ending of the game was like I killed Nork and then it was like a quick cutscene and it was over. Um, the second one, they actually added a ton of stuff with like different realms and Ripto and all the new characters and stuff. So that made more sense. But the first one was just like, oh, that's my objective. I'm done. So uh, it's been kind of fun playing through those again, I'm about halfway through the Ripto game, the second game. So working my way through that
0: very nice yeah that stuff is just fun it's cool and they got like mm-hmm. the voice they got like the voiceover guy from the original crash and the music mm-hmm. is all the same like i get down to like that old crash soundtrack it's it's just cool and they added a function where you can play as coco bandicoot on all levels now oh, that's so cool. that's kind of yeah so it's just like little things like that that they've added that that make it feel fresh which is great so let's talk about the big game awards last week uh that happened on thursday of last week which, by the way, I didn't know that this was. When did this become a thing? Like, I know that there have always been video game awards, but I didn't know that mm-hmm. there were the Game Awards. Is this a relatively new ceremony, or has this always been? Like, I, I just, I just didn't realize that this was the thing.
1: I remember watching the VGAs or Video Game Awards in, in it was on Spike TV back when I was in high school. Yeah, and that's think, the last I, one
0: I remember watching.
1: And I think it's, I think it's evolved from that. I don't okay. think it's on. I don't think Spike TV. I don't think it's on. Like, I don't know if Spike TV is even a thing anymore. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I remember watching it back then, and because Jeff Keeley was the host, and he's still the host. Cause I watched some clips, and uh, I think it's just evolved from that to just being the Game Awards. And I think it, they just live stream it on like GameSpot and IGN and stuff now instead of being on a network. But yeah. I think it's like the official thing now, uh, like where they, you know, that's what people kind of use. Like they're almost like their Grammys or Emmys or Oscars
0: or whatever. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And just the scale of it, I mean, it was like a three hour show. It was basically the Oscars for, for games and like mm-hmm. uh quick rundown of the winners here. Uh, God of War gets Game of the Year over Boy. Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I know you played, well, I guess you just played Spider-Man and God of War. And I think you mentioned before you, you would have picked God of War for this one as well.
1: Uh yeah, I don't know if we talked about it. But yeah, that, I mean, out of the games I played I would have picked I would have picked God of War or Spider Man. And Spider Man's awesome and is, if God of War wasn't there, I would have picked that. But um mm-hmm. yeah, no, God of War was was overall a complete I think it was much more of a complete game, um combat wise, story wise, uh graphics wise, all that stuff. It was much more I mean, definitely took more time took they put more time into that game. It was years. Um I like I talked about when I when it first came out, I mean I would heard about this game in a way back in 2013 (laughs) so yeah it's it's been a while and and i'm not surprised that it won so i I definitely deserved
0: yeah well done game from what i've seen uh let's see fortnite is a winner of best ongoing game which i I don't know what the i guess it's where there's a bunch of dlcs and shit like overwatch and destiny 2 were were other nominees there so fortnite a big winner uh god of war wins for best game direction best narrative which i yeah best uh, best narrative, which I think is an interesting an interesting category. It's, it's effectively screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 wins this one. Red Dead won a lot and uh, it got like score, it got audio design, uh, the main character won for best performance. Um, and there's a bunch of uh, there's a whole big rundown of all of the uh, winners and nominees that we'll link to in the description box. Uh, A lot of great stuff in here as far as the awards go, Uh, but there are also a lot of big announcements here, which, again, this was just strange to me because I hadn't ever heard of this before, but I guess this was also the place to make some big announcements. And uh, a few things here. We got a character added to Smash Bros. Ultimate, which came out this last Friday, and I'm very Mm. bummed that I don't have. We got announcement for Mortal Kombat 11, which it's Mortal Kombat. I can't imagine them improving too much on that series um marvel's ultimate alliance 3 did you ever play either the first two ultimate alliance games
1: yeah they were fun i owned i think i owned the second one on might have been gamecube um first second one on gamecube but those were fun yeah you just go around beat the shit out of stuff um it made me think about do you remember the the oh god there was a game a marvel game that me and you played that had different had all a bunch of different characters was it even this it might have even been it was probably
0: it was probably Ultimate Alliance yeah you can team up like four on a screen because you have a group of like four guys
1: yeah or it's either that or like a Marvel fighting game like two on two type thing
0: oh there was like a Marvel versus
1: I know they had Marvel versus Capcom yeah and that type of stuff but there was one where it was just like I think Marvel characters versus Marvel characters or it might have been the Ultimate Alliance but I remember us playing uh, quite a bit of it We've heard
0: might have. Ultimate Alliance has been around for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing the second one in like high school. So this yeah. and this is a long time coming. Uh, our Ultimate Alliance 3 is a Switch exclusive, which I think yep. is a big get big get for the Switch. Because um, They don't get a lot of exclusive stuff outside your Mario's. Um, but this is a cool one. I think this is this is going to be interesting, something to keep an eye on. Um, we teased last week, and we reported a tease last week of Far Cry. And it looks like it's going to be a Uh, like a dlc Mm -hmm. for for far cry 5 so uh you get a couple new characters and an addition on to the end of the far cry story the the dlc is called new dawn and it looks like we're getting that in february so keep an eye out for that
1: yeah i think you can uh buy that separately i think it's like a 40 dollar thing so it's an add-on to the the last game that took place in hope county and this is like a um post-apocalyptic after the end of that game where a nuke goes off and like um you know shit's been overgrown and and you know a bunch of different weird color looking things it looks interesting um i enjoyed the last game and um you know if this is good i might might pick it up and check it out but um yeah they have a lot of weird different weapons and stuff like i saw there was there's like a saw cannon like it almost looks like a um crossbow with a saw shoot saws out uh like the guns shoot nails and stuff like that so uh, (laughs) it's like a little it's quite quite a bit different but um because i don't think far cry has gone into like post-apocalyptic they've gone way back in time with like far cry primal and stuff Mm -hmm. um this is the first one i think they've gone kind of post-apocalyptic which looks interesting i don't see any zombies or anything but um more of just like the world's ended and then people are trying to world as we know it's ended and people are trying to live on type thing
0: we got the let's see a couple other announcements here. Um, a new Dragon Age game was teased, and it was a very very small tease. Dragon Age, not something you and I play, but uh, a big a big um, a big game kind of worldwide has a, has a big following. We got the announcement of a Stranger Things game, um, which Stranger Things was in the works from Telltale. Now we have a console game. It, it's going to be very. It looks like very basic, kind of eight bitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like a an expansion upon a mobile game. So anyway, it's a Stranger Things 3 game uh, that looks like it's going to come out next, maybe next year. Yeah, it's like a top-down 16-bit action game is how it's being described. So uh, if you're that into Stranger Things that you want to play a, an old-school video game version of it, uh, keep an eye out for that one next year. Um, we got announcements for a couple new games. Uh, one of them is The Outer Worlds. Which is sort of a big, huge RPG, and uh, made by a studio that was one of the original creators of Fallout in the first place, which is one of the top RPGs out there. And so, yeah, it looks like some sort of uh, some sort of Borderlands slash Fallout feel is how this is being described, uh, with a little bit of a sci-fi slant. So, something to keep an eye on. Apparently, people pretty excited about this one. There's an announcement trailer. Um, on here as well and then um, a new game called atlas which is like a pirate open world pirate game which we just got one of so i I don't (laughs) know why that's coming out but um so a lot of cool stuff i think the biggest announcement we teased it last week uh we got official announcement at the game awards that the crash bandicoot uh crash team racing nitro charged is uh coming out next june so we are going to get that rebooted Crash Team Racing that we've been talking about. So mark your calendars for next June for that one as well. I know I'm going to be really excited to pick that one up. So that's kind of a that's kind of a quick rundown of some of the some of the announcements we got at the Games Awards. Anything, Seth, out of here stick out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean I talked about the fire cry thing that looks interesting um yeah, I'm feeling with you with the with the, uh, Smash Bros I, right now I'm wishing I had it so I could play <laughs> play a little bit online or whatever but um and then uh yeah the crash thing's pretty exciting. I've been looking at some stills and some videos and uh definitely looks like they put a lot of work into updating the graphics and hopefully a little bit of the controls and stuff like that so uh, yeah it'll be i'm I'm excited for it I'm uh, definitely ready to uh beat you online, so that'll be fun. <laughs>
0: You better get to training because I know that game like the back of my hand.
1: What's there at the back of your hand?
0: <laughs> I don't know it as well as you know the front of your hand. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, a lot of fun stuff going on in video games. We're going to link to a couple articles so you can check out the recaps from the Game Awards. Uh, so make sure you check that stuff out. Hit us up on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael at Soco Show Pod or at Seth SethOA. Let us know what you're excited about. Uh, and whether or not you think you can beat us in Crash Team Racing. I know the answer is no, but we want to know what you think. From video games, we're actually we're going to jump over one-word summaries this week. Um, because as we said, the Poon story last week is the only story we ever need to talk about ever again. <laughs> uh, so we're killing one-word. No, we're not really killing the segment. Um, just not a lot of good stuff out there this week, especially on the short week that we've had. Between recordings. So, one word summaries. Uh, we'll, we'll probably be back next week. But let's jump forward and talk week 14 in the NFL. It is sports. Sports!
2: And boom goes the dynamite.
0: So, myself and all the other Rams fans are licking their wounds after Gross. getting handled by the Chicago Bears last night. And, oof, I think what you're going to read a lot about out there this week is about how the Rams were exposed and how, you know, they're not really for real and all of that. I was just like, let's just, let's just remind people that this is an 11 and two team. Like, yes, they got beat by the bears. Yes. The bears showed that the Rams do have some weaknesses, but I I'm seeing a lot of like, don't take the Rams seriously in the playoffs because of this win. And that, I don't <clears> think that's very fair. I mean, you get the bears were at home. It was nice and cold for them. Uh, and this is the game they've been getting up for for the last month. So I, w- we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting to see in the playoffs. I do like the Bears a lot more, having gotten to see their defense up close and personal. They were really, really good last night, especially on defense. But that offense has some work to do. They scored one touchdown on offense, and it was on a trick play to a, a lineman. So I, I'm still <laughs> not impressed with that offense enough to think that they can run through the NFC the NFC in the playoffs. But that defense is no joke, so it's going to be interesting to see who they can slow down when they get matched up. They are joined in the playoffs, most likely by the Dallas Cowboys, who won a crazy-ass game (laughs) against the Eagles last night. Uh, Amari Cooper goes for 200 yards and basically wins me my fantasy football semifinal matchup. (laughs) And... uh, Just a wacky-ass game that the Cowboys found a way to win. They will almost definitely take home the NFC East, but that's not official yet. Uh, The Eagles are still hanging by a thread in the playoff hunt, so we'll see what they do. Uh, Tonight's game is going to have a lot to do with that. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. So the Bears and Cowboys, both winners. The Rams lose. The Saints had a hell of a time with Tampa Bay, who they lost to in Week 1, held scoreless basically for like two and a half quarters, almost three quarters, and then kind of exploded in the second half and and kind of won a tough one in Tampa. But uh, Seth, your top four in the NFC, uh, Saints and Rams both kind of underperformed last night and uh, Chicago and Dallas sort of, uh, you know, seemingly have arrived as legit teams. What are your, what are your thoughts on these top four? Would you shake up the current order that they're in right now? Saints, Rams, uh, Bears, Cowboys, or do you still think that's correct after what you saw yesterday?
1: Um, hmm, I would actually. I'd probably put Rams above. Um, I'd still put them number one. Uh, I think the Saints have had some trouble against some some teams that uh, definitely aren't to their level. I mean, I the the Cowboys are looking good, but I don't think they're really at the the Saints' level talent wise and just overall team wise. So, I and the Rams. I mean, they've been kind of slow the last few weeks but a lot of that too is like they've been on the road they've been um coming off a bye and sometimes that can help teams sometimes that can hurt teams and i think that kind of hurt the rams momentum momentum that's a hard word to say but uh i think once they get that momentum going and get that offense going um especially the they'll they'll be fine back you know back rolling and i think they're gonna have a pretty pretty good time through the playoffs um the saints yeah like i said they they've been kind of they've been kind of having some trouble against teams that aren't at their level and it's been a little bit more consistent than the Rams. Um, the I would put the Cowboys, uh, or I'd put the Bears at third. Um, they're they're proven they're they're proving me wrong, and I'm starting to believe more and more in in them. But like I said, that offense is is not good. Uh, other than Tyree Kill, that offense hasn't hasn't really not Tyree Kill, but. Uh, Tariq Cohen, there we go. Mm-hmm. Other than Tariq Cohen, he, they haven't really done a whole lot. I mean, they have, they have some good receivers like Alan Robinson, but when your quarterback isn't throwing a ton, it doesn't really mean that much. I mean, Trubisky threw three picks last night, you know, so he was
0: terrible.
1: Uh, yeah. He, 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 he can run like, like nobody's business, but when it comes to throwing, it, he's still not there yet. And then, uh, the Cowboys, i put it forth just, um, I, I think they're, they're, they're starting to, to impress me more and more too with, with their offense. Uh, I mean, Dak threw 450 yards <laughs> yesterday. A lot of that was, was Amari Cooper, but when you have someone like Amari Cooper who's finally getting the chance to be a number one guy and getting, he has like some 35% target share on the, on the Cowboys since joining them, which, I mean, name another receiver there, but, um, you know, they, they've, they've been really good. I mean, they have a 1 2 attack right now with him and, and uh, with Elliot. Elliot's had 11 catches yesterday, too, which is insane. So, um, yeah, I think I would go that as my order right now. I just think the Bears defense is much stronger than it's probably the best defense in the NFL, to be honest. Um, but their offense sucks. Whereas I think the Cowboys are—you know—their defense isn't quite there. Their offense is a little more, little more balanced than the Bears. But um, the the Bears have just proven it against a little bit more tougher competition. I think
0: in the playoffs, I always lean toward good quarterbacks, and I think the difference between the Saints and Rams and the. Cowboys and Bears is the quarterback, and so, yeah, I, I keep them in the order they currently are in, um, and I think it's the quarterback. Now, that that said, I, I, I do think that the Rams and the Saints will have tough games. Uh, they're most likely to get the buys, but they will, they're they going to have tough games to try to get into that NFC championship. I think whoever comes out of the wild card round is going to be tough, and they're going to have a game of momentum. So I think this you, you might see this season be one where having that first round buy might not help as much mm-hmm. as in years past, because you're going to have some tough teams coming with momentum into those two um, semi-final matchups. So let's talk a little bit about who is going to join those four teams in the playoffs. Well, currently, it's the Vikings and Seahawks in the two wildcard spots in the NFC. They play, we're recording on Monday night, so they are getting ready to play as we speak in Monday night football. This is a really interesting game, I think, between two really interesting teams. And I... I mean, there's not much for me to say about other than I'm very excited to see how it goes because either one of these teams could either make a huge momentum builder for themselves or put themselves in a stressful position with three weeks to go. So do you think that... um, Well, I know you never think the Vikings are going to win, but what are you looking for tonight out of them uh, to get past Seattle?
1: Uh, What I'd like to see out of them is to try and run the ball uh, for once. Uh, We'll see if that happens. Probably not, but... um, (laughs) They, they i talked about it last week and it, it's just so much more clear i mean last year their, their recipe for success was running the ball and uh, playing good third down defense and they were last year they were they had the best third down defense and best third down offense because last year they kept putting themselves in third and four or less and this year they're constantly in third and seven third and eight third and nine third and 15 like they're they're constantly in bad positions to to convert on third down Um, their defense still is the number one third down defense statistically they still have the best third down defense in the league but their offense can't pick up first downs and so now they're putting stress on their defense their defense really is better than last year (laughs) you know look at it even talent wise but this this year um, because their defense on the field more often their the teams are, are scoring points on them and that 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 offense is just because they're trying to pass it all over the place. They're, they're not doing themselves any favors. So, and they have a extremely talented running back in Dalvin cook and, a, and a extremely talented running back in Latavius Murray too. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, I don't, I I don't uh, see a whole lot of success on, on that front tonight. Um, I think, I think the Seahawks are probably going to control the clock with their running game. Cause they, they're, they're the number one running team in the league. And, uh, I think the when when they need the difference between those two teams is going to be Cousins versus the, versus Wilson in terms of who can make the play when they need it and Wilson has proven time and time again that he makes the plays when they need it. So um being in Seattle yeah, don't I don't have I don't have a good feeling about tonight's game. It's probably going to be a boring one. It's probably going to be one where Seattle's up by two scores uh, around I'd bet two probably 10 points most of the game. Uh Vikings will try and make a comeback towards the end and and won't do it.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, he's been right the last couple weeks in terms of game <laughs> prediction. So uh, hopefully he's wrong tonight. I would, I would way rather see the Seahawks lose. So uh, we shall see. Of course, you, the listener, has already seen that game. So you already know whether or not Seth is right. Um, but uh, him and I are yet to find out. So um, a few teams hanging on to hope. Uh, you have the Eagles, the Packers, Panthers, kind of on the outside snowball's chance of getting into the playoffs. But they need to win out and a lot of help. Um, add the Redskins to that list as well. So probably we have our six teams, um, but figuring out the order of them will be what we have left to do in the coming weeks. Uh, let's take a quick look at the AFC as well. A- an absolute classic finish to the Dolphins and Patriots game once, <laughs> with uh, a bunch of schoolyard bullshit resulting in a long at like 70-yard touchdown play yeah. uh, for the Dolphins to win at the buzzer. So the Patriots lose that game. I heard an interesting stat today. The Patriots... Have like a four and twenty record the last tw- the last twenty four or twenty five times they've gone into Miami in December. Like even in the Brady year, they almost always lose to the Dolphins in Miami in December, which is crazy yeah. to me. But just one of those wild sports things. So the Dolphins right now are potentially in position to get into the playoffs. They're tied right now with the Colts, Titans, and Ravens. At seven and six, so all, all four of those teams are seven and six. That would be the second wild card spot, right now behind the Chargers, who are winners. They moved to ten and three, um, but the Chargers still second to the Chiefs in the AFC West. Chiefs won. Man, Mahomes was special yesterday, in that when uh, he goes mm-hmm. to eleven and two. So this Thursday, we'll come back to this game in a second. Uh, this Thursday is going to be Chiefs and Chargers. Mm. Uh, we have. Uh, the Texans finally had their nine game winning streak snapped uh, against the Colts. So the Colts moving to seven and six, finally up on uh, above 500, and they beat the Texans. They're two games behind Houston in that division. So a small chance that they'll catch them. But like we said, they're still in that wild card hunt for sure. We have the Steelers losing their game to the fucking Raiders, who are <laughs> seriously one of the worst three teams in the league. I don't know how this happened, but this is what we've been talking about. We talked about this last week. The Steelers only play as good as their opponent. And they either win it at the end or they don't. And this Mm -hmm. time they had a chance to tie it at the end and they missed the field goal. Uh, Roethlisberger dealing with injury in this game. Um, They they think he'll be back next week, but dealing with some ribs. James Conner didn't play in this one, but they got, I think, plenty out of the running backs. Uh, Just a weird game, again, for the Steelers. Is this one, they've lost like four straight games now, three straight games, excuse me, and not against great competition either. What's your level of concern for the Steelers going into the playoffs?
1: I guess I, I still don't know why, but I'm not super concerned about it. I mean, I don't see them as a, an actual contender to to make it to the Super Bowl. But I think when it comes to the playoffs, I think they're going to... I still feel like they're going to put up a good fight. I feel like they'll win the wild card round and then probably lose in the next round, the divisional round, something like that. Because um, they'll they'll end up playing a team that, that's probably going to be, you know, someone like the the Chiefs or the, the Patriots. Um, and I could see them putting a fight against the Patriots, actually. But... Uh, yeah I, I don't know i just still because they have all the weapons and 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 really they're losing they miss some weapons this week with like james connor i i, I just feel like they they still no matter what game they're in have a chance against anyone um and, and when it comes to the playoffs i feel like they you know sometimes they have their missteps like the jaguars uh they you know a couple times but usually they put up a really good fight against teams so uh, i still think they're a good team uh, i don't think they're terrible by any means so we'll see when it comes to to playoff time
0: they now have one game on the Ravens. Ravens had a chance to jump into the lead in that division, um, but the Steelers actually—it's a half game. Steelers are only a half game above the Ravens right now in that division with three games to go. There's a chance that the Ravens get that division, um, but they—they they were losers this week. I imagine you're still not a believer in them to go deep.
1: Um. Uh... Watching that game, I watched a pretty good amount. I watched like the first quarter and the fourth quarter and overtime of that 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 game uh, with the, chi- the Chiefs, and uh, it, their their defenses. It, I mean, other than the Bears, they're a pretty scary defense. Um, and they they were they were doing a good job against Mahomes uh, on on Sunday. So that was that was fun they had to, to watch. Come back
0: in the fourth, Chiefs did.
1: Yep, yep, they did. And uh, if it, I think there was a missed field goal in there too. But or no, the, the Chiefs had a missed field goal towards the end. But the uh, the Ravens played some good football. Lamar Jackson actually made a couple of pretty clutch throws, and he's not going to light up the field. But the way he plays football, and the way that team is playing football, they're 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 playing some good playoff type football. Do I think they're going to do any damage? No, not necessarily. I think I think if they I think they could definitely make the playoffs uh, as a wild card, uh, maybe win the division. Who knows? But uh, I don't think they're 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 a team that with the way the NFL is with all the scoring, uh, when when it comes down to to crunch time in a playoff game they fall behind quick which they they didn't do that was the thing this week they they could they were down seven nothing to start and it looked like the Chiefs are getting ready to roll on them and they were able to put a stop to it stop the bleeding and they they were able to keep themselves in the game but if a team like the Chiefs or the Patriots or the Steelers goes up big on them early on that's gonna that's gonna be where where it's gonna hurt them so um they, they just don't have the the type of firepower even with Flacco to go in there and keep up with teams so you know, they're 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 one of those teams like the Ravens have been in the in the playoffs, uh, in the super you know in their Super Bowl runs that they've had, where they they had to play football like that. where They had to play really good defense and keep teams close to win. If they can do that, they got a shot. But I just don't see it with the way the NFL is right now, with all the scoring for them to be able to do that.
0: Uh, I agree with you. I think you got to put points up. I think the Bears would have something to say about that after yeah. uh, after that Sunday night game. But I do agree. I think you're gonna have to score. 30 points to win the Super Bowl, and I am not convinced the Ravens can do that. So yeah. and we, I was uh, I was right see. again.
1: I was right again. I mean, I I didn't say that the, Chiefs, the Ravens were going to win, but I said that they had a shot, and uh, they all the way into overtime. I, I just the way they played football, they had a, such a good contrasting style. It made sense. So I wasn't surprised when I saw that how clean how close
0: the game was. Ravens and Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl this year. Get ready for <laughs> six to nine. <laughs> it's going to be a barn burner. Um, so we have the Chargers win their third straight. You believer yet?
1: Who'd they play this week? I forgot to be honest.
0: They beat well. They beat the Bengals this week.
1: Okay. So no, I still feel the same way about about them that <laughs> I have. Um, that would be fun. the The Chargers and the and the Ravens actually might be a fun playoff game too.
0: That would be interesting. Uh, potentially, but, potentially. Um, well, if the Ravens get that division, that could very well be a wild card matchup.
1: And but there, there, they're right there again. I would, I would put the, I would put the Chargers over the Ravens because they, they have a, a pretty closely matched defense and a much better offense. I would put the Chargers over the Ravens every day. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, just yeah, it's, it's all about matchups and it's all about just kind of game flow when it comes to the Ravens, especially.
0: So let's assume for a second we have the Patriots, Chiefs, Steelers, and Texans winning each of the divisions, and then right behind them, the Chargers are the first wild card spot. I mentioned it before. We have the Dolphins. We have the Ravens, the Colts, and the Titans all tied at seven and six right now for that second wild card spot. I don't know who has the tie break. It's probably complicated with the four teams. But out of those four teams—Dolphins, uh, Ravens, Colts, Titans—who do you like the best as that fourth, as that last wild card spot to potentially win a playoff game?
1: I would probably actually go the Colts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and be, the reason for it is one is Andrew Luck. Um, you put that the football in that guy's hands, and he can he can win any game, you know. And he he's healthy now. He's got his receivers are starting to get healthy. Um, and then and the number two is their defense is playing good. Um, you know the, their defense has been been stopping teams and and uh, which is weird because they've never had a good defense in, in Indianapolis. <laughs> so um, it's uh, I, I think I think the Colts would be probably the most threatening team. I mean like the Ravens, like I mentioned just before. Uh, the, They're they're a team that just depends on the matchup. Whereas I I think the Colts could really shock almost any team because they can hang with hang with almost any team offensively.
0: Yeah i I would agree with you, and I really want to see Luck in the Colts in the playoffs. I think that would be amazing. Uh, Luck probably your comeback player of the year. I would imagine at this point. I think the Colts are kind of a kind of like a Chargers light, right? Mm -hmm. So they're maybe not as good as the Chargers in all facets, but they're very balanced. And a lot of teams don't have that right now. So yeah, I think they have a chance to beat anybody. Going to be really exciting to see who in these last three games can get that final wild card spot. And potentially, potentially get a victory over a team like uh, like your Texans or maybe the Steelers or Ravens. Uh, it looks like those are going to be the two teams playing in wild card weekend. So really exciting stuff. Three weeks to go, plus one game for us uh, before the playoffs start. So we'll be keeping an eye keeping an eye on who gets in. Uh, Before we move on from sports, though, we have a Thursday night game that was played last night between the San Diego Superchargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I've been looking forward to this game for a month. I am very excited. It happens in Kansas City. Uh, Our good buddy Dan is going to that game. Actually, a few of our buddies are going. And so we have the Chargers going to Kansas City. I'm picking this one first. I think the Chargers win this game. I think that it is a statement game for them. I think they jump into the number one spot in that division and i think that they lose the super bowl to the rams i've been saying it for months i think this is the game seth that makes you a believer in the chargers are you picking them this week
1: no Um, (laughs) picking the chiefs (laughs) Yep. (laughs) yeah um i just think offensively they have way more firepower and i think this will be a shootout um the the chargers defense is good but not great and uh yeah, I think the Chiefs at home, that's that's uh that's what I'm going with. I do want to clarify last week two things. One, last week you told me that the Jaguars were at home and it was actually the Titans at home. So that influenced my pick. And two, <laughs> okay. I did not and I didn't two, I did not account for Derrick Henry running for two hundred and fifty yards and four touchdowns. So um,
0: <laughs> Yeah, what well, you well, you didn't know that? I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think we should put a wash on that game. Um
0: well, I, I don't, I don't think that would be very fair, Seth. Um, turning back to the Chargers Chiefs, <laughs> turning back to the charges and Chiefs. Does it change your mind at all if I tell you that Tyree Hill is dealing with a foot injury and potentially could miss this weekend?
1: No, because I just got a notification that said that uh, everything came out, came back positive and good on his foot. So it's just kind of a day to day pain issue, which was what it has been. So um, okay, good. He'll he'll play. I'm sure he'll play, especially in this big game. Um they still have plenty of weapons everywhere else. They just signed Calvin Benjamin, which is kind of funny. But yeah. uh uh yeah, no, I no, they'll be fine. No. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can do what he what he does and it's insane.
0: So The guy threw I'm still on the Chargers, but Mahomes is a free. He's probably your MVP at this point. Uh a lot of the a lot of the players who were up near him this week were not good performers. Uh, I think Mahomes, it's his to lose at this point. He was a freak yesterday. Now he threw a couple stupid ass passes, but they got caught, so they're highlight reel plays. And he threw a no look pass. Did you see that highlight? Mm-hmm. A no look pass. I'll try to link to it in the in the box if I can find the clip. Threw a no look pass in foot. We're not talking. This isn't basketball, folks. This is football. And he's throwing no look. Pa- I don't know. The guy is unreal. I don't know how it. I don't know how he does it, but that's a special player. And he's going to lose to the Chargers this week. Uh, well, he already has. If you're the listener, so. Um, the Chargers probably won last night and Seth is wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for sports this week. Uh, make sure you come back next week. Hopefully a little more clarity on the playoff scenarios. And we'll talk about that in episode 73. But for now, we got to move on to our Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. So we talked last week about the addition of Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home, which is set to come out next summer. Uh, which, by the way, a trailer for that was dropped um, over the weekend, but it's a secret. Uh, they only showed it at Comic-Con, and it hasn't been released to the public yet. So uh, more to come on, on Spidey news and, and maybe a so, trailer in the not-too-distant future.
1: I did read about that. We'll, just, we'll sidetrack real quick. I read about the trailer, and apparently it doesn't reference anything in Infinity War at all. It's just kind of like its own separate thing. And uh, you, They don't show a whole lot other than you get to see the stealth suit and then you get to see uh, Jake Jalen Hall in full costume as Mysterio.
0: Oh fuck. I'm going to have to watch that one.
1: Well, you don't you can't see it. It's not online yet, but
0: Yeah, but well, whenever it is, I just want to see how they outfit him. That that sounds mm-hmm. like it could be really interesting.
1: Hard to put a fishbowl um, on his head.
0: <laughs> yeah, effectively that's what the outfit is. Mysterio, of course, one of the popular Spider-Man villains, and that uh, has an influenced our choice for a topic in Mambo number 5 this week. We are looking at comic book villains. Uh, most of these are probably going to come from movies and shows that have been adapted from comics, uh, but certainly can be um, can be any any villain, um, specifically out of the comic book and superhero realm. So, uh, so let's jump into our top five comic villains, and I think it's my week to go first.
1: Okay, number five.
0: My number five here is a character who I think has been not so greatly represented in the movies, but I love the character, especially as he comes out of the comics. Um, I'm going with General Zod out of the Superman world, and which may be a surprise because I'm not a DC guy at all.
2: Um, yeah, but, that's weird to me.
0: But Zod, I, I love Zod because he is so much like committed to country and to his ideals, like to him he's a good guy and that's the that's the mark of a good villain you're going to hear this a lot in, in our list here he's he's not evil if you ask him or anyone who he follows he just really firmly believes in what he believes in and he's going to act on that and i think his his dynamic with superman and the whole krypton versus earth thing because zod wanting to take over earth is only evil from earth's perspective from his perspective, he's the savior of his people. And so I just think that makes for a really interesting dynamic. And he's a, you know, a good, a good uh, opponent for Superman to fight. He's not as easy for him to, to take on. And I just love the, the Michael Shannon. I will find him
2: <laughs>
0: from, uh, from man of steel. And so I surprised myself when I picked him. Uh, and there are some, pe- there's some good ones that I left out. Um, but I just, I really dig him. So I wanted to make sure and include him. Uh,
1: my number five is, <laughs> Mr Wayne bane <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh I think darkness is your ally
1: <laughs> <laughs> did he make your list?
0: uh he did not make my list uh, okay, I, I, love I love him, I love him in a Dark not. Knight Rises, but I haven't seen enough uh of him besides just in that one instance to put him on
1: okay so yeah i've I've uh, no bane from other mediums, so yeah dark Knight Rises, which I wasn't a huge fan of that movie, um but i did I did enjoy parts of of what he did um. I always remember him from uh, Batman and Robin, <laughs> um, but then also,
2: yeah,
1: right. Um, but also uh, in some of like the animated stuff, and also especially the uh, video games. the The Telltale game they did a good job, and also the Batman. Um, the Batman Arkham games, they they did a good job with them. Bane Bane is actually a really complex villain in the comics and in and some of this other mediums besides. He's kind of complex in Dark Knight Rises, but even more so in the in the comics and animated stuff, where he's not just a strong you know strong dude who bashes things. Um, he's actually re- really smart. Um, he's got he's got a um, kind of that complex going on where it's like he he you know people see him as this big you know big idiot, but he's really super smart and and he's um he's. I think he's got some love stuff going on I think I can't 100% remember that but he he actually has some depth to him which is cool um but he's you know he's like the superior really superior being to like someone like Batman but no one sees it but it's cool I, I like Bane I really enjoy uh especially the video game stuff with him too though there there's some really cool battles with him and and some some cool story arcs with him too so
0: Yeah Bane's cool I I I'm still an apologize for I'm I'm an apologist for Dark Knight Rises I love Tom Hardy's bane but i guess he's not everyone's favorite
1: <laughs> <laughs> number four
0: number four for me i think might be something you have higher uh this is where i put thanos
1: i do not have him on my list
0: you don't have Thanos. okay uh and i am going bit mostly off of the one movie here mm-hmm. with thanos but i do know a little bit more about his comic history that goes beyond what happens in infinity war and He's got a whole motivation by the lady death, um, it, it, for what he wants to do in Infinity War. I, I just think he's a nice, you know, as far as like the huge bads go, uh, I think he he's one of the best that we've seen, especially lately. And I am I'm, I'm heavily wing movies here because I don't read a lot of comics, but uh, I thought he was really well done. I thought Brolin's performance was really well done, and between how good he was in Infinity War and the out, uh, you know, the ancillary stuff, I know just from having. Um, read a little bit about him in the comics. I think he's just a cool, complex, interesting big bad where usually they're just like I want to destroy everything and that's why they're the big bad. And he's got a little more depth to him. So I had him at number four. So not high on my list, but I wanted to make sure he got, he got mentioned.
1: Yeah, I, I thought about it, but um, like you mentioned, I, there's not a whole lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, just the Infinity War. I don't have much of a history with them in terms of like video games or t- uh, cartoons. Um, he's a great villain i mean he's probably my favorite marvel villain in the comic or in the movie but i just all these other characters i have much more of a history with in terms of other stuff so sure Um, my number four might be on higher on your list venom i don't have venom don't have venom either oh that surprises me um you could consider him an anti-hero too but um, i really like venom for a couple a few few reasons um one for sure is and th- that I got the most exposure to him was on the Batman or not Batman Spider Man animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was he was featured quite a bit on there, and and that's really where I spent most of my time with with him. But I mean, I did I I liked the character of Venom in the, new, the in his movie. Um, I didn't like the movie overall, <laughs> but I I did like what they did with Ven- when Venom. The best parts of the movie were when Venom was in it and he he wasn't in it until the first 45 minutes of the movie which was stupid so um but that relationship was really cool i enjoyed that um but he always has some really cool battles especially in the animated series um with 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 spider-man and they work together they work against each other just really complex he's a really really complex character which is cool especially like eddie brock and history with peter parker and stuff too so um yeah i like venom a lot
0: i'm thinking about My list now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it with what I had it, but I'll explain a little bit what 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 I'm thinking about uh, having heard you just talk about Venom. Um, So I love Venom, I do. I have not seen him done real justice. I think you know, like I I love him in the comics, and Mm -hmm. I I liked I liked this new Tom Hardy movie, but I think he there's so much more to be gotten from him in terms of an adaptation that. His potential is even higher than it's been shown, but he's a, he is a great, and he's a great foil for Spider-Man and that whole black suit thing is a great, great Spider-Man storyline. So I, I do love that. Uh, maybe should have had him on my list, but he would have made an honorable mention for me, so I'm glad you had him.
1: Number three.
0: Green Goblin, I think, is one of the tops as far as Spider-Man villains go. And Spider-Man actually has a really cool rogues gallery. Um, he's got some interesting ones, and Goblin is right up there with the top. He's kind of the OG He's not the first villain that Spider-Man actually faced, but for most people, he's sort of the the big bad mm-hmm. in Spider-Man, or at least one of them. Uh, his relationship with Peter Parker, uh, Norman Osborn's relationship with Peter Parker is very interesting. One of the times, one of the many times that he just so happens to have villains that also interact with his personal life. So I think that stuff is really interesting. He's a super genius, and he has the best like gadgets and weapons and shit, which is awesome too. Um, and the way he fights with... With Spider-Man, you know, the flying glider. So they're always in the air for their battles. I just think is really cool. And then his whole, like, pumpkin shit that blows up. And let's not forget his, Willem Dafoe's portrayal of him in the Raimi one is amazing. I, I think Green Goblin is is a huge part of why that movie works and kind of springboarded us into, in a big way, springboarded us into this whole superhero era. And uh, I think Goblin was a perfect choice for that. I'll be interested to see when whenever they do Green Goblin next... I'll be very interested to see how they do him cuz there's a, many ways you can go. And um but in general, I just think as a as a great foil for Spider-Man, he is very very near the top. Um but we'll we'll be coming back to Spider-Man a little spoiler on my list. <laughs>
2: uh
1: my number 3 is uh, sexy Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> um really this is mostly from some of the animated movies I watched but mostly from Smallville. I loved him in Smallville. Um, Michael Rosenbaum played played Lex Luthor. I was a huge fan of, fan of Smallville back in the day. They they added so much to that character with them being friends and then kind of being foes and and really that origin story was was pretty cool. Um, I mean, he's he's definitely like a mastermind. He ends up becoming a physical battle, uh, being against him with some of like the technology he creates. But you, you, like Kenny mentioned with with Green Goblin, you know, he does create a lot of his own technology to be able to battle against Superman. Um, I don't like the, the portrayal. I didn't I didn't hate the portrayal of of uh, Lex Luthor by uh, by why, why Jesse Eisenberg in in the movie. Um, but it wasn't. It definitely wasn't my favorite interpretation. My de- favorite is is definitely Michael Rosenbaum. But uh, yeah, he, he's he's he just. Uh, there's so much history there with with Lex Luthor that I had to put him on there. Number two.
0: So my number two is riddled with recency bias um, and several other biases that I have. But I, I put Killmonger here, and this is hmm. this is entirely based on the Black Panther movie. Um, I think that he is such, and again, uh, I said this about Zod, a good villain is correct from a certain point of view. And I think as much as anybody, especially that we've seen in the MCU, Killmonger's right from a good a point of view. And the arc that he has along with T'Challa in this, um, he, even, even though T'Challa, you know, beats him in the end, spoilers for whoever didn't see Black Panther, um, he Killmonger has informed the future decisions that Black Panther is going to make. So I think that just hammers home the point that he's right. Um, his methods are weird, but, uh, but he's correct. And I think for me specifically, uh, Killmonger has a lot of good points uh, and Black Panther in general has a lot of good points about like blackness and what that means and how it is to be Black, proud of your black heritage but still want to integrate with society there's a lot of just really interesting nuance to him and i don't know anything about him from the comics as far as i know he's a lot more of a doofy comic book strong freak in the comics but michael b jordan's portrayal of him in black panther is something that i think would be tough to replicate in any other context um so i i loved him I, he's one of my favorite villains uh, ever as you can see on this list there there's a there's one villain that i'll get to when we get to honorable mentions that i know i've left off my list that might have slid in at two um but well, will i still would have had killmonger in my top five i just i can't get over how great uh, jordan was in that in, in black panther
1: hmm. uh, my number two is kingpin from spider-man slash daredevil how um, much of this
0: is the netflix because he's great in the netflix
1: i would say about half actually yeah and the other half is again the Spider-Man animated series. I watched a shitload of that show when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. And uh and he was he was always the the central villain in that show. It was I mean, you got you got a decent amount of of Green Goblin and stuff and Hobgoblin, but Kingpin was always like kind of driving stuff in that show. Um he he was great i i loved him a lot um and then yeah like like you just mentioned with with the uh, marvel i haven't even finished season three of Daredevil yet so he could go he he won't go no, number one my number one is set stone but yeah, uh but uh but number number two though i mean he 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 will definitely solidify it even more because i hear he's awesome in the next season but vincent d'onofrio's kingpin uh already is amazing for what he's done and uh yeah, that that character is just awesome. I mean, he he also is complex. He you know he he also has his own ideas of what he wants the world to be. He's also he he does a lot of it for love too, because of of relationships. He he wants. I think there's some uh, he, he protected as the reason he became kind of started becoming evil was protecting his mother and stuff like that. Um, and then you look at like the animated the 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 Spider-Man animated show. Like like I said, he's he's always trying. He's always like he he really seems kind of like the complete um he seems like the opposite he seems like the the, the main foil to spider to spider-man uh, you know spider-man's like a uh, you know the the every guy whereas kingpin's like the the big corrupt um power hungry guy type thing you know and and um, they're always just trying to outsmart each other there's also too um uh michael clark duncan played him in the daredevil movie um not a great movie <laughs> at all him. but yeah <laughs> not a great movie but i'll always remember that um no, but Kingpin, Kingpin is a very, very underrated villain and you don't see a lot of him being talked about, but I love Kingpin.
0: Yeah. Kingpin, definitely a good one. Uh, I was a little bummed with how, how minimal he was in the Spider-Man video game, but I think in future iterations, I'm sure we'll see him again.
1: Mm-hmm. Number one.
0: Uh, probably again, some recency bias, absolutely some Spider-Man bias here. Uh, but Dr. Octopus comes in mm-hmm. at number one for me. Uh, he was, the, the storyline with him in Spider-Man is great. And it's a, it's a very good just micro view of his wider story in the comics. Uh, loved Alfred Molina's portrayal of him in Spider-Man 2 with uh, to- Rami and Tobey Maguire. Uh, Dr. Octopus is effectively what Spider-Man or what Peter could have become because he's a hyper smart guy. He's out to help everyone. He's good-natured. And then, you know, it's a uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves, uh, for something that you're, you're going to talk about in a second, but one bad day can, uh, really turn someone from a potential hero into a potential villain. And that happened to Octopus, you know, he, Octavius was always a, a humanitarian. He always chose the, the good and right thing over money. And, you know, horrible accident happens, uh, something goes wrong with his tech and now he's a bad guy. So, um, and he works really closely with Peter, so he's a friend. It's another example where Peter's personal and superhero lives kind of intersect. And uh, he's super powerful, super smart, uh, all all the good things that you would want your villain to be he's sympathetic. And uh, maybe you know, depending on who you ask, might be the number one Spider-Man villain in my opinion. He is, and that's why he's my my top of my list.
2: Good
1: pick. I do enjoy him. Um, Alfred Molina and Willem Defoe will be coming up later on in some reviews. Um, <laughs> But uh, my number one is pretty clear and obvious what it's going to be, and that's the Joker. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's the only, for one, the only character to ever be nominated and win an, an Oscar um, with with Heath Ledger, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, he just, the, the cool thing that, that I love about the Joker is there's not one, like, universal Joker origin. There's just so many different stories, and, and they even kind of address that in, in, uh, in Dark Knight, where, mm-hmm. you know, he he's making up his own shit as he goes on he tells two different stories about how he got the scars and all that stuff and that's the thing about the joker is you never really need to go into his into his backstory um i mean it's it's mysterious and cool to to hear about it and and it's going to be really cool to see in in that in the the um, Joaquin Phoenix movie that's coming out uh, but um uh, he's just he there's so many really really good iterations and he he's he is he is the complete opposite of batman and uh you know he's He's just you know he's he's there. The, his whole thing is to have a partner to to battle against, essentially, and uh, definitely has some of the most maniacal and and crazy ass shit that happens in the comics with them. So um, yeah, just 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 the the probably the coolest um, villain in terms of like character study and performance in in general, in, in terms of the movies and stuff. There's there's he's crazy enough, but also realistically realistic enough that this could happen. And so you're able to, to just dive into like guys like Heath Ledger and what Joaquin Phoenix probably will do. will be able to dive into this character, Jack Nicholson too. Can't forget about him. You can just dive into this character and really have just such an insane portrayal and, and character study of it that it works so well. So yeah, Joker is, is awesome. My number one.
0: I think what makes the Joker so cool and you, you touched on him not really having an origin story is he's not so much a guy Right, he's he's a thing, like a force, and he's just mm-hmm. he just is evil. Like I don't know if people really you know think about this and realize it, but he's a clown. Like mm-hmm. n- you know everything that's stupid. He's a he dresses as a clown. that's fucking dumb. But like mm-hmm. everything he does and everything he says is, and I think the part of why he can be done so differently by Nicholson and Ledger and even your Jared Leto. Um, He can be done so differently because that's all he needs to be is evil and anarchist and crazy. And all those things are the perfect opposites of Batman. And so whereas Batman is just this this overarching force for good and law and order, Joker is his perfect opposite. And, And it's just they leave him constantly vague enough to make him this sort of boogeyman that's like always hanging over gotham and so it's it's really interesting to see the two i don't i don't think him or batman makes sense without the other and they always Mm -hmm. talk about they always talk about that uh you know we're destined to do this dance for an eternity i think um he says heath ledger says and they they need each other and joker is always acknowledging that yeah he is super fun and i'm not even a batman guy and uh i do i do love the joker he's he's pretty awesome So, uh, yeah, I think I, before we even finished the sentence that, that ends with, this is what we're doing this week. I could have told you that it would have been (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk a couple honorable mentions. Um, the, the one that I mentioned that I, that I might've slid in at two, um, here and and slid the rest of my list back a little bit was actually carnage. And Mm. you mentioned him, or you, you reminded me of him when you were talking about venom carnage is the Joker to Spider-Man, right? He's Mm. just pure fucking evil and death and murder. And now he's just so scary. He doesn't, he's not really deep, but he's just so scary that he's a great villain. And he's one of the few times you think Spider-Man might actually be killed is by carnage. And so that's, that's where I might've added him in. Um, I also added uh, Magneto to this list and he's another one kind of like Killmonger, how we talked about where he's right from a certain point of view. And so his, Mm -hmm. his uh, opposition to Xavier makes a ton of sense. So I I thought he was a good, really good one, too. Did you have any other ones that didn't didn't quite make the list?
1: Um, Yeah, you mentioned Thanos. That was one that I thought about um, when I was scrolling through some lists. Um, The other one that I almost put on there is Deathstroke. Uh, I really, really like Deathstroke uh, in terms of like Arrow. He was easily the best villain on Arrow, the show. And then also... um, the there's an animated movie that he was in that was pretty good and then uh the Arkham video games he had a huge role in which was really cool so um yeah Deathstroke is is uh definitely one of one of my favorites one of my favorites uh in the DC for sure
0: I love uh so they have Deathstroke they call they refer to him as Slade in the Teen Slade Titans Wilson, yeah Yeah in Teen Titans he's Slade but he's he's Deathstroke and he's the main opposition to the Teen Titans in the cartoon show which is great I love that show and he's a great villain um, so, that yeah, he's, he is a good one. He's I think he gets a little shortchanged for his depth and smarts and things um, and reduced to just, like, sword swinger around guy. Um, I half thought that you would include Killgrave here. Like, if we limited it just to adaptations, yeah. would you have included Killgrave?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely would have. He, he's my favorite. It's hard not to put Kingpin. I mean... I st- he's still i haven't seen daredevil season three but um his uh, Kilgrave in the first season of jessica jones is easily at the time especially at the time i watched it my favorite uh marvel villain uh at the, at the time now and i even said in the movies at the time i think now with with uh, with killmonger and then thanos um i think they've passed him for me but because um, marvel here villains were pretty weak up to that point mm-hmm. but uh yeah, up I, until I, I, that point, I would have had him as number one. But you know, who knows? With when, when I see Daredevil season three, maybe uh, Kingpin goes above him again.
0: Yep, uh, I got one more to add. Not quite from a comic book, but I want to sneak him in. Uh, legendary villain who never quite get de- never quite gets defeated, uh, and often wins, and always keeps you on your fucking toes uh, is Plankton. From Spongebob's Corpse. Uh, great, great villain who I think deserves a little bit of recognition. So I had to had to make an honorable mention of him.
1: I thought you might put in the motherfucker from *Kick-Ass*.
0: <laughs> I do like the I do like him, but he's really just an amalgam of a few other ones sat- satirized. Yeah. Um, but I do like the motherfucker. He's a good one. <laughs> he's wearing his mom's fucking S and M outfit. That's hilarious. I, kick I love Kick-Ass. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about him on another show sometime ladies and gentlemen this is mambo number five all right that's it for mambo let's turn to a couple pieces of tv news this is going to include some golden globe nominations so let's get into it that's what she said tv one piece of quickie news that we are excited about one of our favorite shoes one of our favorite shoes (laughs) shoes one of our favorite shows uh for the two of us at least is getting a renewal for an early next season
1: fork yeah it is uh, a <laughs> good place gets season four so very very excited about that I glad they'll be returning um, for those who watch the good place and aren't ca- caught up make sure you get caught up to see this last week's episode where it was all pretty much all an all Janet episode which is pretty awesome um, she played she played all of the all of the characters of the show so she played Kristen Bell's character and and all like all of the character, the main characters of the show. So um, she she was representing all of them, like acting like all of them, which was really awesome. It was brilliant see- seeing her do that. So very funny, um, very difficult, I'm sure, as, as an actor because she she pulled it off pretty freaking well for all of them. So uh, I would definitely recommend checking that episode out.
0: I've heard overwhelmed like on Twitter and I wasn't even looking for it. Overwhelming like positive reaction to that episode so
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, I usually wait until it drops on netflix but i i might try to get caught up to a good place specifically to see that episode and darcy carden is so great so it's nice oh, to she's get, awesome nice to see her get kind of a showcase so yeah that's that's a good one so good place right in the middle of season three and we already know we'll get a season four so that's exciting stuff that that show's really gotten a following now i think it was a little under the radar in its first season but it's really taken off oh yeah all right, so that's the only piece of news this week. But let's get into... We had the Golden Globes nominations come out this week. And uh, we'll talk about the movie parts later on in the show. But for now, let's talk about a little bit of what we saw in the TV nominations. I think there's some interesting stuff here, Seth, that I want to get your take on. Because uh, honestly, I have not seen most of the stuff. <laughs> um, but you, I think, have seen most of it. So we have... Let me find here... Let's start here with uh, the best, best drama series. And, and we've got uh, The Americans bodyguard homecoming killing eve and pose and i'm v- super unfamiliar with all of these i know you recently have watched homecoming um mm-hmm. any, any reaction to the, the five nominees for for best drama here
1: yeah only one i watched was homecoming i'm not surprised by the americans because that just ended that could potentially win because it's uh you know your your, your lifetime achievement type thing and it never won um i have never seen bodyguard but i've heard good things apparently it's a british show killing eve i don't really know but that is the host or one of the hosts of the oscar sandra O, oh, is is the uh one, the main star of that and then pose is a show that's not even out yet which is kind of golden globes doing their stupid thing that they do where they <laughs> just fucking nominate shows and movies that aren't out um but it's the by, by the same guy who does does uh the he did like the versace show on fx uh, it's okay. Like ryan something i think um But about it's about fashion and stuff like that, the drama about fashion. So um, I don't know. I've only seen Homecoming and I've heard and people are really rallying behind that. So I could see that winning.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be a big one. Um, Any snubs, you think, for for best drama? I'm, I'm not seeing shows that we have gotten used to seeing in the past.
1: Yeah, this is us is one that I would say probably kind of a snub. I some people were saying like maybe Handmaid's Tale, but not really. That show has kind of been the second season wasn't as, wasn't as good. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't as good um, in terms of uh, what people what people reviewed it as and that type of thing. So, um, this is us is probably the only one I can think of right now. No, oh, no, sorry. Better Call Saul actually that's that's one earlier. Better Call Saul is a huge snub. That show is is excellent and uh, should have definitely been nominated.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, Seth is going to riot. If we don't get better, call Saul in there, Golden Globes. So <laughs> someone better figure that shit out. Let's turn to comedy. Uh, these are some shows we have seen. Uh, we have Barry from HBO. We're big fans of that one. The Good Place, we just mentioned a second ago. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel uh, mm. just dropped its second season, so we'll, we got that. And then two shows we haven't seen, Kidding on Showtime, which is Jim Carrey's show uh, that I'm dying to watch, but I don't Showtime and I'm not going to pay for it. And then The Kaminsky Method, which is on Netflix that I think like just came out on Netflix. Um, and I haven't seen that one either. So we got some that we some that we know, some that we don't um, on on the best. And that's musical or comedy series.
1: Yeah, um, I've seen I've watched three of those. Uh, and like I know Mrs. Maisel and The Good Place, those are both like the current seasons. Actually, Good Place might be season two, but I know Mrs. Maisel, they're, they're counting that as season two because it won last year for season one. Uh, right. and, and also Rachel Brosnahan won. That That's what kind of kicked off all the love for it and how it won the Emmys. Um, Kaminsky Mouthgate, I think has like some, like normally serious actors in it and I'm blanking on who's in it, but, um, yeah, that, that's interesting. Kidding is a show that hasn't really gotten great reviews. So I'm kind of surprised that's on there. Um, I, I feel like, I think it's between, I, I, my bet is, is, is this is between Mrs. Maisel and Barry. Um, I personally would go with Mrs. Maisel cause that show is amazing, but. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I love Barry, but I, by the, the way that people loved Mrs. Maisel, and the love that it's already received for season two, that would, I, I think that's probably a leader. later. Um, the show, The Kaminsky Method, Chuck Lorre is behind it, so he's been, yeah, obviously, hugely successful. Uh, Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin are in this Yeah, movie. there we and go. It sounds, I guess it sounds like a, it's a little bit darker, of course, kind of a performance, you know, acting, show about acting in Hollywood and stuff like that, so... Uh, That might be one that I, it's, look, it looks like it's only 30 minutes, so maybe that's going on Cody's Netflix list, so uh, maybe I'll get to check that one out before the, before, uh, before the Globes. Uh, Let's turn to the actors and actresses um, in the actress for a drama series. Of course, you have Elizabeth Moss in Handmaid's Tale, season two. Uh, Julie Roberts, you talked about uh, in Homecoming. Kara Russell in the Americans' final season. Sandra Oh is nominated for this one as well, so it could be an exciting night for her. And then uh, Catriona Balfi. (laughs) (laughs) You started laughing before I even tried, you dick. (laughs) You Knew I was going to fumble through that one. Katriana Valfa. I I love how
1: you got like, you got like real, uh, you got like just like almost real nervous. You were saying it like you got, you just got real sheepish. You're just like, and uh, mm, uh, Kate, Kate, Katriana Valfa.
0: (laughs) Do you know how to say that?
1: No. (laughs) That's why not ever. (laughs) Okay.
0: We'll uh, we'll come back to Julia Roberts uh, later on in the show, but uh, as far as Elizabeth Moss, I know you said Handmaid's Tale was down in season two, but do you think she deserves a nomination for her part?
1: Um, she was really good, um, and I wouldn't be mad at her winning it. But I feel like this is going to be between again Julia Roberts and probably Carrie Russell. Uh, Carrie mm-hmm. Russell didn't win because Matthew Reese won the Emmy. She didn't. A lot of people are kind of mad she didn't win, um, and I, I I feel like. Um, she's another example of like a lifetime achievement if americans doesn't win i could see her winning uh, for her kind of like lifetime achievement there
0: okay russell one of my favorite uh, members of the mission impossible franchise of course she appears in mission impossible 3 great role short role, but a good one um best actress in the uh musical and comedy we have allison brie in glow which i know you spoke very highly of earlier this summer uh, mm-hmm. Candice Bergen for Murphy Brown, which super seems like a lifetime achievement because that show got canceled. Yep. Um, Deborah Messing in the, the re- rebooted Will and Grace. Kristen Bell in The Good Place I'm very excited to see. And, of course, Rachel Brosnahan, who I imagine is your favorite for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
1: Yeah, I feel I feel like that's going to be this is going to be between her and Alison Brie with Glow.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Alison Brie carries that show. Um she she's she doesn't I mean the supporting gas is good but she is she amazing in that show. And she probably eh, no, I w- I'd still say Rachel, Rachel Brosnahan has a better performance. Um she Ra- Rachel Brosnahan is like the life of that show. Anytime she's on screen, the show just is just, it lights up. It's awesome. Um she's so good in that show. Um but so I, yeah, I I feel like it's pretty much Rachel Brosnahan's to to lose at this point.
0: Nice. Let's turn to the gentlemen here. Uh, we have Best Actors in uh, Dramatic Series. So uh, Jason Bateman is on our list from Ozark, a show I know you watched. Uh, you talked about Matthew Reese in The Americans. We have Stephen James from Homecoming, uh, Richard Madison for That Bodyguard, and Billy Porter for Pose. So a uh, couple couple new shows on here to me, but. Um, Matthew Reese, you mentioned, took home the Emmy this year. Do you think he gets the Golden Globe as well?
1: I kind of do. Um, yeah, this one I'm not. I mean, I've seen Ozark, and I've obviously seen, seen Homecoming, and uh, Stephen James. If I'm remembering, I don't know that. I think I know who what actor that is. Honestly, I would have probably rather seen uh, Bobby Cannavale in, in that in this uh, category. Um, I liked him a lot more. Uh, he was—he was, he was really—he carried the show pretty well um, for when, what he had to do. But um, if, if I'm remembering correctly, who that is, he does a good job. But my personal choice would be Jason Bateman for Ozark because that show, other than his directing, hasn't got really that much love, and I really enjoy that show. But um, yeah, my guess would be Matthew Reese right now.
0: Good stuff there. Yeah, he spoke very highly of Bateman, so that would be an exciting one for him. Uh, let's take a look at the comedy side. This is a stacked fucking category. We have Bill Hader for Barry. He won an Emmy. We have Donald Glover for Atlanta, who's won an Emmy in the past. Uh, Jim Carrey for Kidding, which uh, no surprise here for that nomination. Michael Douglas makes an appearance for the Kaminsky Method that we talked about a second ago. And Sasha Baron Cohen for his Who is America, which is that super satirical, like, docu-series about politics and shit that's going on. Um, this is, I mean super competitive. I don't know if there's a favorite or two that you think, uh, stand out here.
1: Probably. I think it's probably between Bill Hader and and Donald Glover, um, at this point. And I would probably, again, because of the Emmy, I'd probably lean more towards Bill Hader.
0: Mm -hmm. He does do a really good job. I think, I think we said this exactly, this exact thing a few months back, but Bill Hader has the advantage of, he's doing dramatic acting in a comedy show Mm -hmm. and that kind of stands out especially. And so, and Donald Glover does that to some extent in Atlanta as well. But uh, Bill Hader really really is chewing up that role in Barry. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you on this. I Really, I think that that kidding show for Jim Carrey, I think just I know a little bit about, of it, about it to be super interested in it. I'm a little bummed to hear it's not getting super good reviews. But uh, Jim Carrey works so so rarely now that I think um, it may be worth taking a look at. And then that Kaminsky method is something I, I think I'm going to have to check out with Michael Douglas.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So certainly lots more in the Golden Globe uh, nominations. Uh, We'll come back in a little bit and talk movies as far as they go, but uh, we'll link as well to a full list of the nominations so you can take a look and let us know what you think on the tweets. That's going to take us through TV news, uh, but Seth has finished yet another TV series this fall. So uh, let's get to his review this week in the TV corner.
1: That's in my TV corner.
0: Seth, I want to blow you. An interesting show this week. We've mentioned it a couple times in the Golden Globe nominations, getting a lot of love. So can't wait to hear your take on this one.
1: Yes. Homecoming, uh, the Amazon Prime video uh, streaming uh, full season, season one. Um, It's a 10 episode half hour drama, which you don't see a lot of. So that's pretty neat. Uh, wasn't too difficult to get through in that way. Uh, very very bingeable, which is cool. But uh, yeah, stars Julie Roberts. She plays a um, former uh, psychiatrist type person at a home. Com- the place is called Homecoming. It's a uh, basically like a transition center for veterans after they come back from war. And they, it's not like it's not officially with the the government. It's kind of like its own entity, run by a, a corporate run by a corporate uh you know uh, company or a big big uh corporate entity essentially and they uh they do there's clearly some weird like tests going on on these people and and they're not completely straight with with their with their clients and so the the show is framed in a way that um you see the past with Julia Roberts being the uh the the psychiatrist and then the current where she is doesn't remember anything that's happened and she is a waitress and so the show unfolds by kind of going back and forth and it's really cool how they do that because like the past is very clear like the camera is very clear and it's full screen and um things are very kind of bright and it's just like you can tell they're using like an hd camera and then in the current time the screen is um, narrowed in, pretty far, and it's like a very grainy camera. Almost looks like it's shot from like a '90s uh, handheld camera, and a, a very it's very dark and and seems kind of like bleak. And in and, and that ter- that time, it's focused on Julia Roberts being that waitress, and also like this uh, this reporter guy. I can't remember his name, but he he uh, not reporter, but uh, uh, investigator. He's a he's a he's not like quite a, a he works like with the FBI, but he. Like he works with the government, but he's not like very important. But he's just kind of like following up on this type of stuff, and he's doing interviews throughout the whole show. So it stars focusing Julie Roberts. Also, uh, I mentioned earlier Bobby Cannavale. I think that's how you say his name. Um, he's, I, I know he's he's plays quite a bit in Mister Robot, but not many people have seen that show. Um, the he's in some movies. You know, what are some movies he's been in? Cannavale. Yeah. Um. You know him if you saw he's him. Kinda, he's kind of
0: he's kind of like the dick boyfriend who gets dumped in a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. he was in he was Master in, was, of None season. Yeah, two. I was just about
1: to say Master of None. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoy him a lot. He's he's more of a kind of a character guy, but uh, yeah. it, so it's good to see that he's got something more deep in this series.
1: Yeah, um, He because he works for this this uh, corporation called Geist is the name of it. Um, and they're, they're the ones who run this homecoming thing. And, uh, he's definitely very, um, skeezy much like his character in, um, Mr. Robot. He's a very skeezy and, and, um, also very powerful character. And so he's, he, he, you know, you see him in the past trying to, uh, go Julia Roberts into doing things, but you see him in the current time also trying to cover his tracks up because there's clearly something, you don't know exactly what happened, but there's clearly something that went down, um, between, uh, the, 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 first part of the show takes place in May of 2018, and then they don't... I think it's been a year or so, something like that, uh, since it took place. Um, so um, they, they the way it goes back and forth, it's clear that something happened. And so the show is really about it unfolding. Now, I mentioned Mr. Robot, Sam Esmail, who is the writer and showrunner of Mr. Robot, directed all these episodes. Um, very stylistically, you can see... Uh, or you can see the, the, a lot of the, the similarities, uh, with the style of the show, which is really cool. Uh, one of my favorite parts, Mr. Robot is, is the camera work and the, the look of the show and a lot of that translates over. I mentioned the camera that is easily one of my favorite, uh, parts of the show is the way it goes back and forth. And, and then, um, some of the, the uses of that camera, there's, there's one in particular where it's, more actually two, there's two part times in particular where that camera is used and it's incredible when it happens. Um, the overall show, I mean, it's very well acted. Julia Roberts is awesome. Bobby Cannavale is awesome. The guy who plays, I think that Steven James guy, uh, he plays this Walter. His name's Walter Cruz. He's a really the focus of the. Um, he's the focus of kind of like the the psychiatry stuff with Julia Roberts. He's really good in it. Um, but the the, the the way the show is shot, the way the music also the the music and the sound plays a huge part in the show which is really cool. They just do a lot of the show could seem very simple, but the way they use the camera and the sound and the music and all that stuff, um, is it adds so much to the show. Um, the first half, the first four, four episodes, first five episodes are kind of slow. It's a very slow burn. The whole show is pretty slow burn, but the last like three episodes in particular are amazing. Um, the way that everything unfolds and you start learning more and more about this. Um, so yeah if, if you're you'd have to be into the slow burn stuff in order to really uh really appreciate the show so it's very bingeable because I leave you with stuff every episode, but it's also you know slow throughout so it's you have one of those you kind of have to pay attention to yeah it's it's a really good show it's it's i didn't i didn't know what to expect going into it, and i you know with it being slow up front I was just kind of eh. But as it went on, I was really, really appreciated the show more and more, especially with what they do with the camera and things like that. Something that's interesting, too, that they do at the end of every episode is they don't just like cut it off with, with credits at the end. They'll hold the camera on like the last shot and you'll see like things um, like, for example, there's a shot at a hotel and it'll hold the shot of going out the window of the hotel and you'll see people going into the rooms for like 40 to 50 seconds or people. It just kind of like holds you at the end of the episode of like kind of. Um, staying in the moment of what just happened type thing Mm -hmm. which is really neat a lot of really cool camera tricks but no what 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 i what i would give the show uh as as a whole let's see i would probably give it like a 4.6 uh 4.6 uh flashbacks out of five
0: very good that's a high rating so it's uh, it seems like the the nominations we just discussed you think are well deserved
1: yeah for sure um, it re- it's reviewed very well it's like 99% of Rotten Tomatoes so I wasn't surprised there that it, that it was good um, and what what really I mean the thing I walk away with are some of those some of the shots in the show are, are just amazing um, I mean the performances and the story are very very good and the way especially the last three or four episodes the way it unfolds there that, that's really where it hooks you in um, you just got kind of got kind of got to get past the slow burn, almost like a Sharp Objects uh, was very slow burn throughout a lot of it, but enough to keep you interested in all the episodes. I still put the Sharp Objects just a little bit higher in terms of my enjoyment uh, because it did have a story that was more. Uh, There's a lot to more to pay attention to in Sharp Objects throughout, like just little things that kept me kept my eyes on it the whole time. But Homecoming has it doesn't have like as much background stuff, but it has um, a, much more of an interesting twist and turny um divisive story in that way so
0: very good sounds like something if it's a half an hour you know what goes on my list so <laughs> sounds like something <laughs> i might need to check out before for the uh for the globes at least maybe that'll inform a little bit of my tv um predictions for that one so we shall see uh 4.6 very very good uh rating for homecoming catch it on amazon prime video is that right yep there you go stream that one on amazon prime if you have that which who doesn't have prime so Take advantage of that Amazon Prime video uh, subscription that you're paying for anyway.
1: That's in my TV corner.
0: Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Woo, indeed. Good stuff in the TV corner this week. Let's turn into the psychotic mind of Seth, (laughs) where he will try to tie me up in some sort of, uh, I don't know, some sort of existential problem in hypotheticals.
2: What you want? What you want? What you want? And hey, what you going to do Tell me, what you wanna do hypothetically speaking.
1: <sighs> 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you're hypothetical this week. This this would have this the uh, thought of this before the Rams lost this week, but uh um I think we I think with the Rams I mean obviously we talked about the Rams a lot uh, last week. Um Rams are your favorite to win the Super Bowl still. Um, so I was thinking about kind of uh, you're close to the West Coast now, and you're going to be going to more games and stuff, or you're on the West Coast now, and you're going to be going to more games. But uh, I thought about so your your options here are um, you 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 have free tickets, you you can't sell them, so these tickets are just yours. Um, you you're guaranteed to be at every Ram Super Bowl victory from now until you die. Or but but with doing this, you can never go to another Rams game other than the Super Bowl. Oh. So just the Rams games or you can go to you get season tickets for life. They're still yours. You can't sell them. So there's no mo- monetary value here. But you get season tickets for life um, and, and you you never but you never get to go to the Super Bowl. Mm. So like with with the Super Bowl one too. think about like so the games we go the Vikings Rams games that we go to that's never complete. get to go to again. Yep. You only get to be the Super Bowls or you're guaranteed to go to every single Rams game. A home game forever um, and you get you know you get free tickets and, and expenses all that stuff
0: god that's so hard because I that is like a legit bucket list item for me is going to the Super Bowl in and fact,
1: also too you think about it too is that you're not guaranteed to go to you know to even go to a game the Rams could never be in a Super Bowl again the day you die
0: right so man that'd be depressing um shut up that's <laughs> i think i would choose to go i think i would choose the season tickets yeah and not go to the super bowl and here's why um i think that the if i'm at a super bowl unless i can have like 10 tickets i would rather enjoy the super bowl with people like if the rams were in the super bowl i would probably try to watch it with my dad who's a rams fan um and you know just the super bowl is more fun to be at a party atmosphere for right even if even if you're not enjoying the game itself um being at a party would be more fun and to never go like i go to at least one rams game per year and that would be a big Mm -hmm. thing to give up um in order to maybe go in, in 10 years to one game so i think i would choose the season tickets and you know i I would hope that the Rams would go to lots of Super Bowls and, and I'll be able to watch them on TV and, and party with friends and enjoy it in that way. Because it is a different type of enjoyment going to a game rather than watching it on TV. Um, I mm-hmm. love being there live. A lot of people don't. But for the Super Bowl, I think the other thing is it's not a home crowd. Being, being in a home crowd is so much more fun. And I've been in – you and I have been to like the Big 12 championship game for basketball and mm-hmm. it's a different crowd when it's not your fans if if it's like yeah. a bunch of corporate sponsors and celebrities and shit that paid thousands to get in it's not your fans and so it's just a different atmosphere it would be cool to go to a super bowl but i would rather have the ability to go to all the other games
1: what if real quick what if i added this in so the super bowl same 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 stipulations but i added the super bowl you could bring you could bring friends um you could bring as many friends as you want oh you um, fucker or with 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 the season tickets still same stipulations but if the Rams do make the Super Bowl you can't even watch it
0: what okay fine if you're gonna, if I can't watch the Super Bowl then yeah then then give me the Super Bowl tickets I'll take all my buddies <laughs> and we'd do that that I, yeah. I would yeah okay. I would I would if I if I can't even see the game then yeah then I would have to go okay <laughs> because of that I'm not fucking miss I don't care if my child is born that night I'm not missing the Rams winning the Super Bowl <laughs> that was a good one, though. That was tough because you know how much I like going to the games. But yeah, I'd kill a person to make sure I saw the Rams in the Super Bowl.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> good stuff as always. Seth diving deep into what's important to me and making me choose between different versions of it this week in Hypotheticals.
2: What you want? What you want? What you gonna do? And hey, what you gonna do? Tell me what you want.
0: Aesthetically speaking. would you if the if the vikings made the super bowl and you could go for free by yourself would you go
1: no question yes yeah <laughs> even at, like adding all the stipulations and yes uh definitely 100 percent
0: what if um, you had to pay for it so it's like five grand
1: well no then no i'm too cheap <laughs>
0: but <laughs> fair
1: but yeah if the vikings were in the super bowl um I, I would give up every Vikings game ever that I could go to to see them win a Super Bowl. I, honestly, I would give up just to watch them on TV win a Super Bowl. I'd give up all the Vikings games to go to at this point.
0: <laughs> You're still a young man, Seth. You don't have to be that desperate.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I But the thing is, is like, so you saw the Rams. You, like, you were really young when you saw the Rams win the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Then they haven't really been close since. Right. They won a couple of playoff games. I've seen the Vikings be in the NFC Championship game twice, twice, <laughs> <laughs> and lose awfully. In One game they got smoked. Fashion. yeah. One game they get smoked. One game they lo- They throw an interception. I've tasted it twice, and <laughs> I'm still bitter about it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, poor, poor I'm man. really not. Bit- I'm really not bitter about last year. I like that was just an embarrassment. But that still, I'm still bitter. Almost ten years later about the 09 9 uh, NFC Championship game.
0: Rough life for a Vikings fan. Seth would give up his left arm in order to see the Vikings <laughs> win a Super Bowl this week in hypotheticals. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> oh my gosh. Jesus. Let's move, move the show along. we got to talk a little bit of movie news and we'll cover some nominations as well.
2: Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies.
0: All right, movies this week. We're going to talk Golden Globe nominations. Uh, We've got a big trailer to talk about and a couple of uh, reviews, some quickie reviews from some stuff that Seth saw over the weekend. Let's start with the Golden Globes. We're going to bounce kind of quickly through what was nominated. Um, Let me make sure that I have... Yep. So let's start here. Uh, We've got Best Drama Movie. Very excited about some of these nominations. We have A Star is Born, kind of one of the Oscar favorites. Black Panther gets a nomination. So does Black Klansman bohemian rhapsody goes in as a drama and then we have if beale street could talk that's the upcoming uh barry jenkins movie yet to be released to the public i'm I'm sure there's some screeners out um so we have three out of these five nominations are black lead films so very exciting stuff there and then uh star is born obviously we've talked at length about that bohemian rhapsody is a little bit of a surprise to me making especially in the drama department is that do you are you equally surprised or do you think it it belongs in this one
1: yeah, it should probably be a musical or comedy, <laughs> but um, no, I remember its I Remember they came out and said that they were going to go for that for that for that option. So that was an intentional thing. Yeah, out of those, I would probably still go with with The Star Is Born. That just kind of has all the hype around it right now, and that's mm-hmm. kind of an, a Hollywood movie. So that's probably what I would be leaning towards.
0: Yeah, I, I think I would be in agreement with you. That's what I would expect to win. Um, cool to see Black Panther. I, I think this award season is going to be really interesting with Black Panther i've I've said before, I don't love it as an as an awards movie. Uh, I think it's it seems a little tokeny to have it as a part of those conversations because it's a good movie, but it's not it's not best picture. But anyway, mm-hmm. we've talked about that in the past. I say, watch out for this if Beale Street could talk. I've seen trailers for this. Uh, you have Barry it's Barry Jenkins. Um, it is based on a James Baldwin novel, legendary author. Um, uh, this one could sneak up on people and could, I think, enter late into that Oscar conversation. Mm. Um, and maybe maybe get some hype behind it.
1: So from my understanding, that premiered at Tor- uh, TIFF, Toronto National International Film Festival, and was good but not great. Uh, mm. Critics were just kind of more, not meh, but just between meh and good on sure. it. So um, it doesn't have a lot of uh, uh, acting firepower in it. Um, there's really not anyone completely, like Regina Regina Hall. King? I think.
0: Or is it King? Hall?
1: cuz Hall I think Regina Hall is isn't that like a scary movie girl? Uh
0: Yeah, you're right. Girl Regina strip. King, Regina think, King.
1: Yeah, she's she's the lead in that one so that she's kind of known and then there's a guy from the Walking or Fear of the Walking Dead in it, <laughs> but other than that like it's not I don't know. It's I mean it's got Barry Jenkins name behind it, but I, I from what I understand that's not really a a big contender this year.
0: let mm-hmm. Let's turn to the comedy or musical uh, this, I think, is a great category. We have Crazy Rich Asians, which made huge waves. The Favorite, which is one of my most anticipated uh, going forward for the rest of the year here. Green Book, I saw this over the weekend and loved it. Uh, Mary Poppins Returns, Seth's most anticipated <laughs> musical of ever. And uh, Vice, which is the Dick Cheney biopic with Christian Bale. I love this category. I think it's stacked. Um, Green Book, for me, is was a home run. One of my favorites of this year. You did not undersell it when you reviewed it a few weeks ago. (laughs) I've been very much looking forward to this Vice as well. I love the Mm -hmm. Adam McKay is the director of this. He did the big short, which is a great one a handful of years ago. seems like it's in a similar kind of vein. Um, Mm -hmm. But and then we have the favorite, which I know you're looking forward to as well. Um, This one seems kind of a toss up to me. Maybe Green Book. Is that your favorite here?
1: From my understanding and and from what I've seen, uh, Green Book is my favorite out of those. And Green Book's kind of cleaning up with a lot of awards. Um, There's been a lot of like various cities like New York, L.A. have a lot of um, uh, awards uh, going on right now and have already completed uh, a lot of critics awards. And Green Book has done very well with those. And. Uh, done very well with Viggo Mortensen as well. So, I feel like that's I mean, that, I honestly not only Golden Globes, I think it's going to win Golden Globes for sure. Uh if it does, I feel like it's going to it's going to be between that and A Star is Born kind of uh toward you know, for Oscars. And uh I, I I honestly I know it's it's a happier movie, but I I wouldn't be surprised if if uh Green Book takes it come what February 28th or whenever the Oscars air.
0: Man, that would be I, I want nothing more than for a happy movie to win an Oscar. <laughs> last, last time one did it was a La La Land and they took it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I love Green Book. At We'll talk more about it as as award season goes on. All right. So let's look at the actresses. Uh, in the drama portion, Glenn Close, you saw her in The Wife. Lady Gaga mm-hmm. gets a nomination for her part in A Star is Born. Uh, you also saw Melissa McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me? You predicted a nomination for her a ways back. Uh, so that mm-hmm. one, that one lands. We have Roseman Pike, who you also just saw in a mm. Private War. <laughs> Did you just mm-hmm. say,
1: an, mm? "Yeah," because uh, that, that was more of like because she's uh, that, she's not very attractive in that movie, but that was more of like I appreciate her performance. She was, in
0: that. Oh, sure, it was. It sounded like you just took a bite out of a donut. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> you <pervert. laughs> Fifth nominee is Nicole Kidman for Destroyer, which is getting ready to come out. Uh, mm-hmm. You're you're well versed in this category, um, and yep. these are all ones who you at one time or another said should be nominated i think so good call on your part um are there are there one or two of these that you think have the have the the inside lane
1: uh i think it's probably between uh lady gaga and glenn close i think that's what it'll come down to i haven't seen destroyer yet but i haven't heard a ton of buzz for that one being i mean i heard she's good in it but um Nicole Kidman, I mean, but I haven't, I, I, I haven't heard of much, much buzz. I know, uh, like Lady Gaga won uh, one of those awards, I think, in New York. Glenn Close won one in a different city. Um, I think, I, I personally would put Glenn Close slightly above Lady Gaga, just because one to have Achievement. She's never won it. Um, she's never really won an Oscar um, at all. She's never won an Oscar before. And Lady Gaga is just kind of getting in and she's kind of playing a version of herself, whereas Glenn Close, is, uh, that's a complete performance. So mm-hmm. I would kind of lean towards Glenn Close.
0: Sure. Stacked category. Uh, another interesting one here in the musical or comedy for the ladies, uh, Constance Wu for Crazy Rich Asians. I got to see that one. I, I, I missed yeah. it in the theater. Got to watch that one. Uh Charlie's Theron gets a nomination for Tully, which came out like January 2nd, which seems like a million years ago. I love that movie. Uh you enjoyed that one a lot. She goes up against Elsie Fisher, you loved eighth grade, um, and, and spoke highly of her performance, especially as a youngin. Uh, Emily Blunt in your favorite movie of the year, Mary Poppins Returns. And uh <laughs> Olivia Coleman for the upcoming movie The Favorite. So some of this stuff we haven't seen, other than uh you've seen Charlie's Theron and Elsie Fisher. Uh, But this one definitely, to me, looks like kind of a toss-up. I don't know that there are any here that stand out.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen all of them. Um, Elsie Fisher made me really happy to see her nominated. Eighth Grade is another one getting a ton of attention with a lot of these, um, you know, these these, uh, critics awards that are coming out. Um, Bo Burnham's won a bunch of directing. That's won a bunch of, like, independent film ones. And a lot of people are kind of talking about how Eighth Grade might sneak into the won't win anything, but might sneak into like uh, Oscars as a best picture nomination in that like seven, eight or nine type spot. So that'd be, that, that'd be awesome. I would be so happy. It's still uh, in my top five favorites for the year. So uh, whew, I would love to see Elsie Fisher win. I don't, I doubt it. Um, I could kind of see, I mean, I haven't seen Mary Poppins yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if she wins it just because it's, it, it's uh, the Golden Globes are just more about kind of the name and mm-hmm. Emily Blunt has the name. It has you know, it's Mary Poppins, that's a return from an old movie and all that stuff. Golden Globes are, are a lot more about um Hollywood than it is kind of like your your uh with Oscar's like pretentious actual acting type stuff, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. So I could see I could see Emily Blunt winning that one.
0: Man, she is very talented. And uh, <laughs> she can also she can also get it. Let's Jesus look Christ. at <laughs> Let's go to the lead actors here. Uh, no surprise to see Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born. Uh John. Da- time. <laughs> oh, there he is. He is in the room with Seth singing into his microphone.
1: Hello, I'm Bradley Cooper. <laughs> uh,
0: John David Washington is nominated for Black Klansman. I loved him in that. I thought he was great. Um, we have Rami Malek, of course. Uh, we've been hearing buzz for a full calendar year about him getting, getting nominated for Bohemian Rhapsody. So that seems to be coming to fruition. You saw Boy Erased. Lucas Hedges is nominated for that. And Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Willem. Gate, a movie I've never even heard of, but you're going to talk more about in a little bit. So uh, I got to I gotta feel, I got to think that Bradley Cooper might be our lead dog here.
1: Um, probably. And with this, um, when it comes to the Globes, yeah, more than likely. Um, yeah, I mean william defoe was really good i i mean i'll talk about that i liked him i don't think he'll win though just because it's very un, unknown movie and Starsborn has so much attention to it um I, I i probably probably bradley cooper
0: yeah i'd love to see john david washington he's fucking great and i like black kansas mm-hmm. i think black klansman's gonna get a lot of nominations but not any wins throughout the award yeah. season so be interesting to keep an eye on that uh finally let's look at the lead actors for musical or comedy uh interesting kind of group here uh you mentioned before viggo mortensen for green book getting a lot of love i i, I thought he was so great in that movie excellently yeah. well done uh you saw the old man in the gun robert redford is nominated bang, bang. Um, in your favorite movie of the last 10 years mary poppins returns uh, <laughs> jesus Lin- christ <laughs> lin-manuel miranda <laughs> is nominated uh kind of his big first film role, at least uh, kind of still riding the success of Hamilton. John C. Riley is nominated not for Watts, Holmes and Watson, but for Stan and Ollie, which is a much smaller mm-hmm. movie that's coming out that has I've seen getting a little bit more love, kind of still under the radar. And mm-hmm. my favorite so far, and I've barely seen any of this, though, is Christian Bale for Vice, because I mm-hmm. think just from the trailers, he, he is, you know, we had Gary Holdman win last year by becoming Winston Churchill, Uh, Christian Bale fucking is Dick Cheney in this and this movie looks like a ton of fun I think a bunch of people are going to see it there's the body transformation thing going on Um, so I know you've spoken highly of Viggo Mortensen I know you liked Robert Redford's performance as well but do you disagree that that Bale might be our front runner here
1: I, I still would put Viggo Mortensen ahead at this point just because of he's won so he's won a few awards from these critics associations um, I know he kind of let some stuff slip <laughs> recently with some uh, things he shouldn't have said. Um, but I would still, actually I'd put him. I just haven't seen Vice yet, and it ha- it's not in wide release yet, where I, I would still put uh, Viggo Mortensen up front.
0: Uh, pretty good stuff in the on the movie side of the Golden Globes. There are lots, of course, lots of awards that we did not cover, um, but we'll be coming back to the awards uh, when it gets closer to Golden Globes. Maybe we'll make some picks, uh, maybe some betting. It is getting close to that time of year for uh for not for the
1: globes we'll bet for the oscars
0: okay we'll bet for the oscars um but for now let's move on past the golden globes and uh seth uh, a little movie that a couple people are excited for dropped a trailer over the weekend huh
1: oh yeah um i almost did the music but it wasn't in the trailer so (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah so avengers end game is what ended up uh, coming out as the name which it was one I actually had, had heard a while back and one I thought more thought more than likely it would be but uh yeah it was i it was funny it was uh friday morning and it was about i think it released at 7 and i was uh was getting ready for my day and taking my morning constitution and
2: uh <laughs> I was scrolling
1: and i was scrolling through facebook and I saw, I saw like what looked like a, and I even scrolled past it, I, but I scrolled what I saw, like the, it starts with the broken uh, Tony Stark helmet, Iron Man helmet. And, uh, I, you know, I didn't think of anything, anything of it. Cause I was like, oh, they're probably not going to release this trailer anytime soon. And so, uh, then I scrolled right back up and it said event, it was from the official Avengers page. And then I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the whole time I was like, oh my God, freaking out. It was awesome. Luckily I was home alone at that time. But, uh. <laughs> Uh yeah so it's the the th- I love for this trailer I went uh Jared and I were talking about it quite a bit but um there's many things I love about this trailer one is that it c- it carries over the tone 100 percent well until the end um but it carries the tone over from uh, the end of Avengers just very dark slow sad um, bleak tone where you know you can tell nothing nothing good is going on right now and there's not much hope which uh goes into the music they don't do the avengers you know the because in the trailers and in the movies when that music is playing there's hope there's Mm -hmm. you know there there's people they're they're getting ready to fight or they're you know whatever um there's no hope so they don't play that music there's also no speaking of fighting there is no action there's no fighting in this trailer you don't see anyone trying to rise up against anything there's no hitting really um that there isn't any at all um so it's just it's they do an awesome job of carrying over everything 100 percent um there's really not any major uh spoilers or anything there's not a ton of footage but there's really not any major spoilers i mean you see a couple characters um no, just a really, really good trailer. One of my favorite trailers ever, probably. Uh, it would make my. We talked about our top five trailers. It would. It would probably make, uh, um, make it up there just because of, it was. It was cool for the sake of what it meant for, where they are in Avengers. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of trailers will just like show your best hits and, st- and you know cuts and stuff like that. Almost like the last Avengers trailer did. It was a, that was a great trailer too, but and it, it had some depth to it. But this one, is a complete 100. percent depth trailer which is awesome so it just gives you exactly where they're at at this point in time
0: yeah from what I've seen and heard and I've, I've caught tiny clips of this I haven't watched the entire thing and won't but it's just like you said it just reminds you in case you forgot <laughs> yeah where we left things off and I think that's kind of cool and from mm-hmm. what I have seen and heard there's some really interesting stuff where they're going to pick back up and I am I'm excited to and I'm glad that you know most mo- of course it's the most watched trailer ever now um over the past few days with hundreds of millions of views so um yeah can't wait for this and it sounds like it's a good trailer i'm glad it's not very plot heavy i'm sure we'll get a second trailer that's more plot heavy later on um but from the sounds of it a really good way to tide us over for the next few months uh while we wait for the next uh, oh. the next bit of footage
1: yeah and that's the other thing they announced it's coming out again early so it's coming out april 26 instead of may 3rd so it wasn't much of a surprise but i was very happy to see it because uh yeah, after seeing just this little bit of, little bit of footage, like you said, giving us giving us the taste, they didn't uh, give us the full full serving of uh, of the crack cocaine that that <laughs> is Avengers. Uh, they just gave us a little hit. So I I I am so unbelievably pumped for this movie. That easily, I mean, I feel like at this point it's entered my most anticipated movie uh, ever. At this point, so um, I'm I'm so excited and cannot wait to see this movie.
0: It's going to be great. Uh, If you have not seen the trailer and you would like to, uh, Jared did a review of it. So uh, if you want, uh, you can head over to the YouTubes. At Jared Buckendall. And see what he thought. I imagine he's pretty excited. (laughs) So we'll link to that in the description box if you want to take a look at at what Jared thought as well. So yeah, Avengers trailer doing big things. Uh, If you're like me, you're not watching it and you're going to wait to get the whole thing raw. But um, if you are, I'm willing to bet you're pretty revved up for this one. All right. So from the upcoming to the already here, uh, Seth, we got two movie reviews that are uh, some things you went to over the weekend.
1: Yeah, let's kind of go in order on what I saw. Uh, the first was uh, the Hugh Jackman led the front runner, uh, which is a story of Gary Hart from the late '80s. Uh, he was the front runner for the election, which was ultimately won by uh, George Bush Senior, who just passed away. But uh, oh, good timing. Yeah. So. He, yeah exactly um, this actually came out months ago before he died, so um, but it just just came out of the theater here recently but yeah so um gary gary Hart was i mean he was pretty much every like he was the perfect candidate, you know, people looked at him and you know saw he was able to they see even say in the movie he was the best at explaining politics to the common people. You know, he he was able to get his point across clearly to people that allow them to understand, uh, what, what he was saying and, and understand why someone else was a bad candidate. He was leading the polls by a shitload. He, uh, was a candidate actually, the, uh, the election prior. Um, but he was too young to, cause he was only in his late, he was in his late forties when he, uh, was the front runner, um, like 46, 47, something like that. Um, But he was he was a candidate for the election before ultimately lost um, because of like there's one there's a line of the where's where's the beef commercial that kind of sunk him. Apparently, I don't remember exactly why, Um, but uh, yeah, so he comes back as the front runner and, um, you know, he's under the microscope now at this point because he you know, he, he is the leader. Everyone's basically calling him the next president at this point, and he uh, some things about his personal life start coming out and that this is a, this is a time when um, now media is becoming more and more present and things about people's personal lives matter more in the election back mm-hmm. prior to that people didn't really care and now they do they start to and and it's his struggle at this point to try and figure out or to try and come to that realization and because he's a very private person and uh, see so the movie itself I mean, um the movie doesn't have a lot of great reviews it's in, like in the 50s in rotten tomatoes but i think i enjoyed it way more than what most people did i thought the cast was really really cool um jk simmons plays kind of his campaign manager and he does an excellent job i love jk simmons uh you know he's one of those actors that you don't realize until you see a movie how great he is uh-huh. uh, and at, at what he does he's very funny charismatic but he's also really good at his serious roles very Jay, uh, plays Gary Hart's wife plays Hugh Jackman's wife She she's in the movie a decent amount She she's pretty central in the story but uh, she does a good job of what she's what she's needing to do Alfred Molina actually is in the movie um, Doc Ock
0: hell yeah
1: from Spider-Man 2 uh, he plays he plays a reporter for one of the newspapers I think it's The Post um, and he, he does a very good job of you know he's he's in a kind of limited amount but he's a good job does a good job of, of uh, kind of playing the, the editor um, you know kind of advancing the story along um, he has some comedians in this too, like Bill Burr is in it, um, which which was interesting. He plays a reporter for the Miami Herald. Um, he does he does a good job of of uh, kind of playing some comedic relief, and and uh, he he does some good serious work too. There's a few other um, more comedic actors in the movie too, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on exactly who, but the cast is kind of made up of some comedians because this was directed by Oh uh, Jason Reitman and uh I think it was written by him too co-written by Jason Reitman and Jason Reitman's much more known for some of his uh, comedy stuff and so he had some comedy friends kind of come in and play some parts so that was really cool I liked the cast a lot um the overall story was done well it was a a, not as serious of like a political uh, biopic but I don't didn't think it needed to be it was definitely good for what it was um had some funny moments, had some serious moments, but overall just an enjoyable ride. I enjoyed um, seeing about this guy's life, it t- with taking place in the '80s too. They took a lot of '80s, like the camera kind of looked like it's from '80s at times. The shots looked like it was from the '80s. Um, I've I've kind of been more into the '80s stuff recently too, so I've been I've been enjoying some of those more biopics from the '80s and th- things like that. So like White Boy Rick was the one which was a movie I didn't love, but I enjoyed some of the '80s aspects, but overall i had a good time with it i would definitely recommend checking it out i doubt it'll be in any theater near you i wouldn't rush out to see it if it is in a theater um but if not i would check it out on netflix or hbo or something because it is an enjoyable time it's not groundbreaking by any means but um hugh jackman does a really good job and it's a fun movie
0: yeah this is one i wanted to see because of the the subject matter and hugh jackman and just didn't get to the theater the the show times just weren't working out for me but Uh, i'm glad to hear you liked it i'll probably try to check this out when it does come out on vod because yeah it it, man what a what a nice time when america apparently had you know morals um (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah this is one that that's been on my list for a while i was bummed i missed it but i'm glad you got to it
1: yeah and and just say i mean hugh jackman does do an awesome job in the movie He, he uh yeah he he um you never hear his like Australian accent or whatever, or anything like that. I mean, he he uh, he plays plays the American and plays that part. He is very uh, Gary Hart is super charming, super convincing, and he he portrays that in in that role really really well. So he does an awesome job.
0: No surprise there. I love Jackman. He's the king of the world right now. Going on his uh, greatest showman tour pretty shortly here. So big stuff for Jackman.
1: Mm. Uh, well, the second movie, um, very different from front runner. <laughs> um, it's uh, at Eternity's Gate. Which I didn't realize I had a problem saying that until I went to buy the ticket, um, <laughs> but uh, so that's the that's the Willem Dafoe uh, led movie where he's nominated for best actor. Uh, this movie about uh, Vincent Van Gogh uh, in his last, uh, I guess, I think it goes over his last probably few months of life. Um, of course, everyone knows Van Gogh and, and his you know works of art and things like that. But this really is more of a character study of Van Gogh and uh, his it just kind of his psyche because apparently I, I mean obviously he cut off his own ear so everyone knows that he's obviously a crazy guy but I didn't know to what extent um this this dives into that and it does a really cool job I think I mean obviously the performance of of Willem Defoe was great and nominated it got him a nomination and uh he does an awesome job of what he's asked to do in the movie um you know, it's 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 one of those performances where he quickly goes from Willem Dafoe to Van Gogh really quick. So that that was that was pretty cool. There's uh, the, there's some interesting supporting characters. Uh, Rupert Friend from Homeland, he plays Van Gogh's brother. He does a good job. Oscar Isaac's also is in this. He plays another artist, um, and he he does a really good job as well. Uh, but this really this movie really. I mean, there's not a time in this movie where where uh, Willem Dafoe isn't on the screen or is the main focus. Um, a lot of this movie is him. There's a lot of internalizing. Um, there's like shot points. There's two or three points in the movie where the screen goes dark and he's saying like quotes and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. Um, the The movie is shot. It's amazing. Some of the shots in this, they 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 almost take like um, Van Gogh paintings of like especially nature, which he started doing. Uh, like that that was kind of the majority of his work early on was um, um, like nature, and he they they take shots of like the different parts of nature and almost make it look like a painting like it's very just a very artistic the movie is very very artistic throughout it's very now, i wouldn't quite put it pretentious but it's it's a very arts ar- artsy movie uh, an ar- artistic movie it's a very it's a, it's a, the movie is very sporadic in terms of um the plot it just seems like it's a bunch of thoughts put together like, cuz like I mentioned, they cut dark, cut to dark several times. They'll cut from scene to scene very quickly. It's not very it's not very cohesive. It's not very uh, not a very cohesive movie at times. Um, so it is kind of hard to follow. Um, the reason I don't say it's very pretentious because it, it's not like like Phantom Thread. That's that's a very pretentious movie.
0: <laughs> I'll give you it's, that.
1: It's almost like it's like that's a movie where it's like um the characters are very uppity and the direction is very uppity and and the acting was taken extremely seriously and this the act the acting in this is taken very seriously but it's not like it's not saying like you have to be a a you know a uh avid film watcher to enjoy this movie you just have to be you have to appreciate art i guess and and um you have to appreciate um you have you have to have an enjoyment of van gogh and and art which i don't really have that but what i what i enjoyed of the movie was the performances that's what i went in for and i got out of that um i enjoyed the movie as a whole and the themes and things like that but it it wasn't it wasn't enough like to it wasn't too artsy where i didn't enjoy it i enjoy it i guess it's not a movie for everyone though it's not something that you're you're gonna something you're gonna walk into as, as a casual film watcher and and you know be like oh that was good um i think what what i really what i went in for and got out of it was the performances and then i enjoyed some of the other art, art artistic stuff along the way so kind of a hard movie to explain because it is just about his life but there's also a lot of different themes in it and a lot of uh, different shots and things like that it's 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 interesting um i like i said i can't recommend it for everyone though just because it is it it is kind of jarring it's a jarring movie at times
0: yeah, this is one that I have never heard of. I didn't even know it was about Van Gogh, but um, I'm glad that Willem Dafoe became Willem de And um, it sounds it sounds cool. I, Anytime that he gets a chance to kind of showcase his shit, he seems to do very well, which is good. I really mm-hmm. like him as an actor. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to see the last little bit of someone's life before they Van Gogh. And uh, I think that... This is probably God. another example of that. Could you tell us sitting on both of those for the whole time you yeah. were talking? <laughs> no, this sounds cool. Um, it it maybe not my wheelhouse, but it it sounds like an interesting one.
1: Yeah, what I didn't realize too is that Van Gogh lived in like the late late eighteen hundreds, so mm-hmm. um I thought he was way earlier than that. But so that was kinda cool. And there's a really interesting uh, follow up at the end of the movie, which is cool um like you know how like most biopics or a lot of biopics will have like van gogh died blah 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 mm-hmm. and, you know like stuff, stuff like that stuff like that they have a really cool one that i thought added and it, like almost made me more appreciative of the movie at the end cuz it was really cool so and it, and it played it played a major part in the story too which is cool so <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's it, cuz there's times where the movie has really good dialogue and and it, it's it's fr- structured like an actual movie but then there's times where the movie is structured just like put cool shots in and also the music i didn't mention the music music was really really cool too um how they it, it 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 played in with the mood for van gogh with a it was all piano music pretty much throughout the movie so you'd have like really happy piano music and then really sad or like really majestic or like exploring piano music stuff like that um yeah like i said very arty movie but not pretentious in a way it was like you can't enjoy this type of thing
0: <laughs> it's not for the commoners. I,
1: yeah that's just what i felt with phantom thread i it uh, just felt like i can agree you with have you that to one. yeah it was very british and pretentious like just you have to you have to be appreciative of this you know whatever i don't know i phantom thread still bugs me a little bit i <laughs> like that's a movie where i could appre- i appreciated all of the the acting and the directing and all that stuff but it just it was too too much into itself to, for me to appreciate whereas like this van gogh movie i It was trying to tell the story of Van Gogh and it did, but it did it in a very artistic way in terms of like actual like paintings and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that makes sense.
0: It reminds me of the one of the latest Bud Light commercials where the one guy shows up with his mead and he's like, it's got a great mouth feel. And the other guy's like, fuck it. Give me the Bud Light. Like the, the Phantom Thread is a lot more, you got to worry about the mouth feel and the aroma and shit. And it's difficult for a lot of people, which I get. Mm. And I liked, I liked Phantom Thread, but I'm willing to admit it was definitely super hoity toity, mm-hmm. but it's good to hear that this one's maybe a little more accessible.
1: Yeah. Much more of a char- definitely a character study for, especially for, for, uh, Willem Defoe. He does, he, I mean, he does an incredible job in it and, uh, they really dive deeply into, uh, Van Gogh's psyche throughout the movie. So that's pretty cool.
0: So every year it seems a movie that no one saw gets a nominee do you think Willem Dafoe has a shot at maybe an Oscar nomination? I know it's a pretty tough category this year.
1: For sure. I, I think I think he has a, a really good shot at Best uh, Leading act leading Actor nomination. Do I think he'll win? No. But, there, I mean, a couple of reasons is, is this one is is definitely a character study, and he's gotten a lot of praise for it. But also last year was kind of a uh, – he kind of dipped his toe in with the supporting for um, – Florida project. And that was kind of one that no one really saw, um, until later on. And so you did, you kind of dipped his toe in there. And I think this, now that he, you know, he's got a name back in the Oscar race in terms of like one of the best actors in, you know, in, in the world. um, uh, I think now that he, he threw himself into a project like at, at eternity's gate, where it was a full on character study performance for him, he dove a hundred percent into it. I think that'll give him recognition. Um, in terms of just his performance with the Oscar voters,
0: good stuff. Love him. Hope he gets nominated. Uh, at Eternity's Gate is the movie about Vincent Van Gogh, stars Willem Dafoe. Keep an eye out for it in your uh, award season discussions. And gets a gets a good review from Seth, but uh, not for everybody. Not for everybody at all. So yeah.
1: this won't be a Best Picture nomination. I can already tell you that. But I think him himself, Willem Dafoe, I think he'll, I think he'll get a nom.
0: Well, there you have it. A lot of stuff going on in movies this week. Shouts out to Seth for getting to all the movies that I don't see and reviewing them for all of you. Uh, that's going to bring us... That was my
1: 64th us... movie this year.
0: Oh, my God.
1: That's Six- impressive. 64th, theatrically, movie that's been released in 2018. So I've seen more from other years. Like, I know a lot of... Like, it started off the year seeing a bunch of movies from 2017. Mm-hmm. But in terms of movies re- that were released in 2018, um, that was my 64th.
0: Good God. That's a lot of movies. (laughs) Don't question Seth's dedication to the show, folks, or to his craft. That's a man who's committed. I like it. All right, we're almost to the end of the show, but before we go, we got to bring you one more thing. But I'm
2: down to one more more thing.
0: Uh, To heap further praise on you, Seth, I just want to mention that to the listeners at home, when Seth recommends something to you, especially when he does it adamantly, fucking go watch that thing. (laughs) (laughs) I over the pa- over the weekend I watched two things. I watched Green Book, which Seth reviewed uh, a couple weeks ago and loved. And I said, "Holy crap, you're getting me really excited! I got to see this movie." And I was so happy when I left this movie. It is a fantastic movie. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, there's not much to add besides what you mentioned in your review. So folks can go back to that one. But incredible. One of my favorites of the year. One of my favorite movies in a long time. And. It was amazing, and you're going to hear a lot about that movie in the next couple months, but just, I'm on board with it, for sure. And the other thing was, um, we talked last week, I think it was your one more thing about Mm
2: -hmm. Room
0: 104 and the episode called Arnold, and I watched that last night. It's a musical episode, and it's also super fucking cool. I don't even watch that show, and so I was like, I'll just pop in this episode and check it out, and it's like 25 minutes. It's just a great little self-contained, very interesting, very creative, and entertaining just 25 minutes of, of thing to watch. And you don't need the mm-hmm. context because it's an anthology show. So I would just second Seth's recommendation. And just if, if Seth tells you to watch something, people, it's worth your time. So uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm vouching for you, not that you need it.
1: Yeah. I will take all the praise. <laughs> um, my one more thing is uh, I got a chance to check out uh, Unbreakable, which, uh, watch, it, watch it in full, which is the M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> superhero movie, essentially the Bruce Willis and, and Sam Jackson, the one that started the Glass thing. So uh, I'd seen parts of it, and honestly, the part I remember the most was the ending. So I already knew it was going to happen. <laughs> um, but the movie itself, I, getting to watch all of it, uh, it is a very very entertaining
2: movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I it's it's different, and then it's not like an action action packed superhero movie. It's very more very much more of a can't think of the word I was going with there. Uh, Realistic. Yeah, it's realistic, but it's also methodical. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, you know it's a it's a pretty slow pace, but in a good way. And it, um you know, and inf- it unfolds as it needs to. And, and yeah, it doesn't rely on the action like most superhero movies. There's a couple instances, but um, once you get to the ending and they reveal the ending of it, um, it, it it earns that, which is really cool. So um, yeah, I I enjoyed the heck out of that movie. I'm excited to to get a chance to watch Split, and then yeah, Glass comes out and what, like a, a month and a half or so? It comes out in January, so I'll definitely be checking out Split before Glass comes out and then seeing Glass in the theater. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Unbreakable, I'd definitely uh, check that out if you're excited about, if you saw Split or excited about Glass coming up. <laughs> i, I-
2: I'm gonna take you back in time.
0: Well, we're going, we don't
1: need roads.
0: Unbreakable gets get Seth's. retro recommend, too. Yeah, Unbreakable gets <laughs> Seth's retro recommend. I would second that. And like I said, folks, If Seth recommends it, it's going to be good. So make sure you check out Unbreakable. That was (laughs) one more thing. (laughs) I'm going to start recommending crap. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'll be
1: like, watch Spider-Man
0: 3. (laughs) Hey, fuck you. Spider-Man 3 is good. (laughs) This is not the time for this argument, but someday it will be. But
2: I'm down to one
0: one more thing. That's going to finish us up for episode number 72. It is an octiversary. Happy octiversary, buddy. (laughs) uh 72 was a good one packed show thanks for sticking with us through it oscar season a lot of movie talk and playoff football time it's an exciting time of the year for the soco show so make sure that you subscribe wherever it is you listen to podcasts so you can get new episodes every friday uh hit us up on the tweets underscore cody michael seth o or soco show pod And don't forget to hit up the YouTubes at Jared Buckendall for the Avengers trailer reaction uh, with Bumblebee and Spider-Man trailer or movie reviews and all sorts of other wacky shit that Jared has uh, going on in his videos. Don't forget about our sponsors, audibletrial.com slash SoCo for 30 days and your first book for free. Mm -hmm. Mathis Designs on Etsy, etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your graphic design needs. Mm -hmm. And of course, Mike's Wood which you can find at the etsy etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed
2: <laughs>
0: gross wood <laughs> indeed uh, we we sure do love that wood so uh, make sure you check out the description box for uh, if you want to go back to any of the articles or subjects that we talked about today but that's going to wrap us up for episode 72. For the Iowan Seth Ott, this is the Oregonian SpongeCo Square Beans. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you come back for episode 73. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>